In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. I just want to give a shout out before the show starts to all the sponsors, all the local businesses that have been coming through to help us out and get this thing started. Thank you to you guys. Total Truck Accessory Center. Go check them out at 7700 Homer Drive. They're your one-stop shop for canopies, spray-in bed liners, LED light bars, and more. Total Truck. TheTreehouseAK.com. Located at 341 Boniface Parkway. They're your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bartender today what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance. Cutting lawns but not cutting quality. Hit them up at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th handcrafted Alaskan made cider. They also got a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out, doubleshovelcider.com. Anchortown Dogs, located across from the 4th Avenue Theater in front of the historical building. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. Get yourself a legit reindeer dog. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans restore their dreams. Voted number one in the state since 1972. Water restoration, fire restoration, remodeling, cleaning, anything that you have to do with your home, inside and outside, give those guys a call or check out tailoredrestoration.com. Another one. Oh, the loan call today. Yeah, Bumble. went for a loan. Oh, you were going to crack one too. I realized I cracked it before we uh, yeah, hit no. the right spot. No, 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 no. Yeah, thirsty. Yeah. I was like halfway, and I was like, I could chug it and then have a fresh crack, but then I'm going to have to piss in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I'll hold off. <laughs> got to have some self-discipline. You got to be calculated in this podcast game when it comes to the fluid <laughs> management. Fluid management. That's a good one. Yeah. It was a learned behavior. <laughs> Maybe we just you. get some shiwis right here, and we'll just have like a little bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Just a main reservoir, it just all dumps into. I don't know if we need the shiwis. <laughs> just like a, little, like a hose or something right here, just straight uh. to a bucket. <laughs> a reservoir under the table? Yeah. Get yeah. a little IV hooked up as well. Yeah, stay uh, hydrated. Stay hydrated. Well, welcome to another uh, Alaska Wild Project uh, podcast, episode 10. Um, we do have another guest with us today. We'll be introducing him here in a minute. But before we start, I wanted to bring up a couple of events, a couple of things that we got going on. Uh, we got Dude's Day coming on June 19th mm. from 12 to 6 at Double Shovel Cidery. Um, that is an event where if you're looking for a gift for your father or your husband or your brother or any dude, um, whether you're a wife or you're a mother or you're a sister or anything, we're going to have a bunch of Alaska vendors out there. A lot of local businesses, uh, Barney's, Mossy's, um, Full Curl Archery, uh, several people out there. We're going to be out there doing a live podcast. That's going to be 12 to 6 on June 19th, which is Saturday, mm -hmm. the day before Father's mm -hmm. Day um, at Double Shovel Live Podcast. Come check us out. If you haven't picked up a hoodie yet or a shirt or anything like that, we'll have our full uh, merch out there for yep. sale. Um, so definitely come check that out. Another thing I want to mention before we get going is our Patreon. 
Um, we have a lot of oh, yeah. gems. Oh, that cracking now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the Patreon set up. It's patreon.com slash Alaska Wild Project. If you want to go directly to Patreon, or you can just go to our website at alaskawildproject.com. Scroll down. You'll see the Patreon link. It's really bright. It's really easy. Click on there. Um, whatever you can donate. I mean, five bucks, ten bucks. You know, if you're a baller, you can come with a little bit more. Yeah. But all that helps us, you know, upgrade new stuff. And all the Patreon members, anyone that's on the Patreon is going to get some of these um, episodes that we haven't released yet. We got a lot of cool stories. Exclusive. Some exclusive stuff that we've yeah. been saving up. Yeah. That we're going to give only to the Patreon mm-hmm. uh, crowd. So if you are down to support and you're not a business and you don't want to go full, you know, sponsor or whatever, but you got five bucks, it helps out a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're helping a local startup that is main goal and focus is to represent and promote Alaska businesses, people, lifestyle, all of it. So that money goes toward. One cause, one movement, one thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's all it is. And that that's no bullshit. That's really what it is. That's what this thing is. So Yeah, we got a lot of other ideas for live events. Dudes Day's kinda like our first thing. Um we're talking with uh, Dustin at the Bait Shack to do some kind of live stuff on oh, down yeah. there for some of his um, mm-hmm. events down there, yeah, a live like podcast. King Derby. Or, yeah. yeah. And, and all That'd these. That'd be fun, man. Oh, it'd be awesome. So, and all these little just Patreon, five bucks here, five bucks there, five bucks. That adds up because we got to get a table. We got to get a banner. Mm-hmm. We got to, you know, do all mm-hmm. these little things. We got to be mobile now to do these events. And, and, you know, all this money you're donating is just helping us to build this to be better for, for you guys. You know, this is not like, hey, yeah. old Daniel's. That's five bucks now. He's going to go to Pioneer and buy a beer. No, it's, that's not what it's for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You this is like queued out. Yeah, aren't, you, yeah. aren't you a little too old to go to the Pioneer? Uh, I, don't yeah, know. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why I referenced that. But yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a, a classic Alaskan old bar, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, Shout that's, a, that's, an OG, that's an OG bar. I was just I was thinking about what the Pioneer is. And you go in there and it's like, you 21, bro? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here, bud? No, the, pine, you know, the Pioneer face. is good for old people in the day. If you go there in the daytime, oh, yeah. and you see yeah. the old codgers in there just doing Sipping their on thing. a paps, just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Actually won a couple state championships with the Pioneer soccer team. So shout out oh, to the oh. to the Pioneer soccer boys out there. Yeah. yeah. I, guess yeah. You I like think soccer. he's got the yeah. probably see some pictures in there and a couple of uh trophies and stuff from the old days when I used to be able to run. Allers. <laughs> Uh, another thing that we want to promote too before we get going is heather's choice um heather's choice is a local business that has adventure meals backpacking food dry freeze-dried things that's all locally made um her store is right there off of arctic a lot of people aren't visiting stores it's way easier to just go online go to heatherschoice.com and put in the promo code alaska wild and that's going to give you 15 percent off of your entire order. Yep. Um, so that helps Heather. That helps us. If you forget that, you can also just go to our website and scroll down and you'll see Heather's. It's very prominent. It has the promo code. You just click on there. Go there. Get your orders now because things run out. Yep. You know? It's busy season. Yep. And just like yeah, anything, as we've, as, we, as we've been going around, I, I went down there and talked to um, uh, at AK Mining and Diving, uh, Nick. Nick I was talking neck. to Nick. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. talking to Nick today, and, and I was like, "Man, I really want one of those six wheelers." He's like, "Dude, they're like a year and a half out." Mm-hmm. 
It's like little things like that. It's you just can't find it, and that's going to happen that with this insane. food. Yeah. So if you're gearing up for your for your for your hiking, and you're gearing up for these long trips where you're going to actually have some freeze dried, and you can't bring the Coleman and all, and your mama's fried chicken and all that stuff, you know, go to Heather's Choice right now and order it because it's going to sell out. Yeah, yeah, in no time. Yeah, it's yeah. good just to have in your house anyway, just in an emergency. Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. A little prepper food mm-hmm. never hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, she's got a lot of gluten-free options and things like that. And, and that's just, you know, eat healthy and be yeah. and be well. Those packerins are bomb. Packerins yeah. are awesome. Yeah, thanks for giving her a shout-out on that, man, because she's really the one of the first ones that stepped up and, and did that for us. Yeah, yeah, so. she did. She did big time. Yeah. Um, so enough of the uh, promo stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jackie, let's get let's start off with you, man. You just came back from an epic uh, fishing trip. People that follow us on our Instagram – um, saw the real John Lau with his steel head and Jackie with oh, with with his steel head. Man, it would it's just been blowing up online. And just let's run that by, man. How was the trip? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the family trip. Uh, Dad and I have been going down since I was eighth, eight years old. Is that third grade? Nine, nine. Yeah, wrote a book. Roughly, I still have it. Yep. Anyway, uh, yep. You got to learn how to do it. It took a long time extra long for me but uh yeah it's wet uh there is about four feet of snow down there and uh the river was so cold feet got real cold uh it, you could have calibrated a, a thermometer down there yeah it was uh yeah it was chilly fishing in ice water yeah but uh the lake there the headwaters was still frozen so it hadn't blown out yet so some of the steelhead hadn't left the lake yet and then uh the cromers out in the ocean hadn't really entered it was kind of like the in in between time yeah even though we're kind of at the normal late end of the run um yeah so it was hard fishing for the first couple days actually when we i had a funny story when uh, so we land down there we you always get these like junker rentals you know so uh my dad found a new competitor to the junker rentals and they're expensive <laughs> it's like 150 bucks you can see like the ground under the truck yeah, when you're the, driving the floor's rusted out yeah totally rusted out and uh but just, i mean you drive just it billy's you, ford from his <laughs> mom's house oh yeah, oh, I, yeah. Like, I think it's got at least a quart of oil in there it should yeah, make you it. should make it there and back 200 they, they buy the lot at an auction and it's just like run them to their dead uh yeah so uh well they, they've gotten i should give them some props like they've gotten yeah. a lot better from Probably before you know jet, yeah yeah, a little yeah. Bit. and you really just drive them down the river once and back you know um anyway so we land and it, we he found a new a new competitor and instead of 150 bucks a day it's 90 and so the brand new people we never used them before um i think it's their first year um they, I asked it, Dad if they used them last year, and I think Dad and Jim Turk were the only two fishing on the river last year because they figured out how to go down during COVID. Oh, um, oh man. Yeah, but they it was late. It was like May 22nd when they allowed um, people to fly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we get off the plane, and there's this this lady, um, ends up being a very nice lady, holding, holding a sign, and it said, you know, John Lau. So it's like, okay, here's our truck. So Jake jake uh bowser jake mm-hmm. jake cooper came on yeah. the trip with us Coops. and so me and him walk up to this lady hey yeah we're with john lau you know we'll wait for him and he walks up and 
I think that the dealer, the new dealer is like Leon's Reynolds or something. He's like, hey, Leon. And he calls this lady Leon, you know? And, Your dad does? Yeah. But he does it in that like. old codger fashion. Just totally like charismatic, but like dry humor. So yeah. she just didn't know what to do. And she's looking at him and, and she's like, uh, my name's Anna. And so like. <laughs> the normal plan is like we get i'm gonna get the burgers ready from the go order the burgers there at the lodge it's right there and then that's what we're gonna eat for dinner that night so we can go fishing and then he'll go get the rental truck so he turns to her and he's like so you need a ride home <laughs> <laughs> and she just got blown away again by this charismatic dry oh, wow. humor and just like doesn't even grin just walks her out to the truck you know it was so funny and uh so we, we kicked it off right and it was funny because I was I brought the you guys wanted me to film and I was like all right because Daniel's yeah. originally gonna come and bring bring your boy yeah. and you were gonna film, but I, I was like I'll take on this bird, so I, I was filming all kinds of stuff you know, on the way down the plane taking off all this stuff yeah and that was stuff. like right when I turned off the camera is I missed this great event you know yeah. and I was like oh man I just have to leave it on the whole time so then. Yeah. We get in the trucker driving to the river, and it's just like I have it on, just pointing at my dad the whole drive, and just, just waiting for him to say something. Oh, else he said so much shit. <laughs> he said so much shit. Lots of gems in that drive. Anyway, so we get down there, we uh, we set up camp. Um, we, we we have like a legit base camp down there, and we have other buddies that go with us, and so some of them will already be down there, or some people will come after we leave, and we kind of leave this camp set up and you know, multi-use it. Um, and so you end up with a, a bunch of solid stuff, solid gear. Anyway, so we set up this camp and then we go out fishing that night. And so I'm all excited to film with this GoPro and we have that like little media kit on it. That's not yeah, waterproof. And, no. you, you know, and, and it's like this long tripod. <laughs> and I'm like, well, where do you put this like bendy tripod thing? You know, it has the one with the, like the little balls mm -hmm. so you can like adjust it. And uh, so in this Sitka or Sitka spruce everywhere. We're not in Sitka. This Sitka spruce everywhere. So, you know, these are like old forests of these giant trees that have fallen down and you're crawling under things and going over it because we go up street, walk, walk down river a long ways. And um, so we're, we're cruising and uh, I get to the river and then Jay cooks into fish and I go to film it and the, the GoPro's gone. I'm like, oh, because I had stuffed it in my waiter, <laughs> yeah. like, and it's just kind of hanging out of the top because I don't have a backpack or anything. I was yeah. like, oh, man. So I had to go, like, follow my footsteps in four feet of snow and post holding, like, under oh. these logs and over this. And so I find it, and it, I find it at this perfect spot, and it's like, oh, this is this is a rural work. This is a good day. And I look right across, and there's my dad fishing. So I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if it works still. It, did it run our battery sitting in the snow? So I turn it on, and I face it to him, so it's filming. And his first drift, he hooks into a fish. Oh, wow. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. He's fighting this fish, and he had picked it up under this under this tree. It was just we're going to be some epic, epic footage. And then it yeah. fucking died in the God middle damn. of that fight. Oh, so man. then I'm like, damn it. So I pull out the battery, put the new battery in, walk across the river, or I, then, I, then I go down the river to where Jake is, go across the river where I could. Um, then Jake hooks into a fish and I'm like, oh yeah, it's still good. So I go to film it and I go to pop out the tripod. I grab the tripod <laughs> part and then the top just falls off. And so the oh, tripod, so yeah. then the GoPro is like floating down the river and I'm like, fuck, like, 
I just started filming. <laughs> I'm the worst cameraman ever. I am really and trying here, okay? I'm trying to do this. I look up at Jake, and he has this shit-eating shit grin, and he's just fucking cracking up. And then he's like, it's cool. It's a fucking waterproof GoPro. And I was like, except for it has the media attachment. <laughs> yeah. So then, the the anyway, the GoPro is dead for the rest of the trip. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Well, similar to the, number to, three. The, to the deal at the Winter King, yeah. man, where I dropped it in the ocean. It's not meant to get kicked off the dock. Yeah. GoPro, send us some media mods that are waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> we At least let us test them out. We'll make sure they work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll let you know. <laughs> we don't even got to try, and we'll fuck them up. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it, 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 was rain, it was raining hard. You know, the Southeast is that, that uh, miserable para paradise, you know, that, oh, that yeah. book by Jeff, it's a real Jeff thing. Lund, go buy that um, on Amazon. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, dude, it was, it was fucking miserable, but it's paradise. And uh, it was yeah. slow. It was slow fishing. We, uh, we hiked a long ways. We, we, we got into some fish each day. Um, you know, I think we landed a half dozen fish each day. Uh, but the last day it was just fucking pouring at camp and it's like that day that you're like ah you know i'm just yeah. gonna wait it out a little bit and maybe just fish the evening and so uh anyway we leave camp in the pouring rain and we get kind of set up where we want to be uh, where we can fish a lot of mileage that last two hours and uh or three hours of the day three or four anyway uh and then uh, about an hour, we're, we're kind of hooking up. And then about an hour into that, it just, the, all that rain just must have turned it on. And the fish just got active. They were moving. The chromers were coming in. And it was just like fish after fish after fish. We had, Jake and I had doubles. The um, water and, level came up. Yeah. yeah. Was oh, it the okay. tide? It's, it's tide ridden? Oh, no. We were up higher okay. than that. Okay. It was all rain. But, I mean, once it starts moving and the water temps change and and you get sediment coming off the banks it just yeah the fish got flares them up yeah. yeah and uh yeah and it, it was really good but most memorable well one of the funny you know these flies have awesome names you know like dalai lamas yeah battle creeks but uh at the end of the night i always Some like to throw on this cool. version of glow bug that you would never use anywhere else and it's called the jerry garcia and it, it looks like a hippie glow bug yeah and it's like my gem for la like last hour of light and it was there's this tree overhanging i was like i know there's some steelies in there and there's a bunch of little snags got to kind of like sidearm it under there and i tied on that dial or that uh, jerry garcia and threw it under there and it, the third drift just got bam, boom, monster cromer hit and just tied me up i mean he worked me ran me under some logs i lost him after about five minutes but it you know it's a lot of excitement did you lose the jerry garcia no, I got the fly back. Yeah, oh, no, he spit good. it. He nice. he worked me, man. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least yeah. he didn't get you up under a snag, then got loose, and then now you're just on the snag. Yeah, yeah. There's another one Jake has on the the iPhone footage that I tied into this fish, and it ran under these trees, and I'm just getting the line out from tree over tree, and I I have them on the whole time, and there's this last little branch I'm trying to get it off of, and finally I'm out there and I release it. And I'm holding tension in my left hand, but then, you know, you got 11 or 10 foot fly rod up there. There's going to be like that couple yeah. feet of slack. And so it's like, I'm going to let go and then yank as hard as I can. And yeah. in that like split second, it just, right just right spit he it. He felt yeah. it too. Yeah. He's yeah, like, the tension oh. comes off and they're gone. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. He spit it. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, you land, uh, land a fish for every like five or six you hook. And it was a good trip. Awesome. Had to work hard. 
God, I've always dreamed of that, man. God, man, that was the chance to go, and it just... Ever since, like, my, like, early 20s, when I, when I grew up and got out of the house and I wanted to start doing some of these adventures, just different from what I grew up doing with, with Dad, which we did a lot of really cool shit, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of stuff we didn't do, and I would read magazines, and I was like, man, I want to go do that. You know, I always talk about sheafish fishing up, up north and, and steelhead, and I never did it. Jack invited me on this trip. Yeah. Ah, man, there's so much shit going on. And then you now he's telling me about it. I'm like, ah. it's like everything I fantasized about. Yep. I always just was like, oh, man, everything you explained is what I figured it looked like. And Next and, year, baby. Yeah. Next year. Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah. No, I got to yep. do it. Yeah. We did have an awesome pro tip, though, from Earl. Earl Stokes showed us some something awesome. So um, if you ha- if you get on one of Earl, those. Earl's pro tips? Earl's, Earl's pro, pro tips. tips. Mm. Anyway, if you uh, if you get the on Sounds one of legit. those camping platforms that have the like the vertical trusses built, but without the roof, yep. You know, and you throw the tarp on, and you always get the tarp tight, and then maybe you'll put some like ropes under there. He brought um, what is it, about seven ratchet straps, mm-hmm. and he ran a he ran three of them directly across. And then tied them down to the edge of the platform. And then he ran the other ones kind of at an angle across, like if you were actually building a truss. And then that way, when the tarp sits on top of it, it doesn't create, it, there's no spots for uh, water to build. build it just drained mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And it was really cool. I had never seen it done like that. Oh. And Did you get was, a picture of that maybe? I have a video. You do? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, even better. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. I was really impressed. And uh, definitely like right as soon as I saw that, I went to my, you know, steelhead notes and was pack notes and was like ratchet straps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Got to yeah. bring those. Oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. You can utilize that on any rainy gold canna deal or anything like that yep. too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a good idea. Cause you get those and then it's like, watch out. I'm going to push this, yeah. <laughs> push this puddle <laughs> yeah. up. It's only yeah. going to get yeah. wet, you know, you get real wet. Yeah, or it just goes and you happen to be walking yeah, by. Yeah, somebody, oh, somebody has a job to like walk by. Oh, that thing's sagging pretty good here. Yeah. Better yeah. release the water. Yeah, 100%. And that time in between gets longer and longer with the, the amount of beers or caribou calls. Yeah. No, it's cool to get to cover the the first kind of real deal adventure for one of us that have gone on. You know, and to hear that story, it's, yep. it's great. And it sounds like we won't have the film for you, but... Yeah, I mean, it we have the been, audio. It, it, yeah, it would have been really cool had we got some video of that. We'll but, be posting some pictures, yeah. and there's been already some out, and we'll get some of those videos out there. <laughs> but you know, hey, that's how it goes, man. You talk to anyone that film tries to film stuff, and especially if you're a solo guy, I mean, you obviously were the only one filming, and it just things happen, man. Those batteries yeah. don't last yeah. long. Things get wet. It's miserable. You're still trying to you know fish or hunt or yeah. do whatever you do, and yeah. on top of that, <clears throat> film. You know, and it's just, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's kind of a burden, but, you know, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. You're dealing with batteries yeah. and SD cards and yeah. mods. All that crap. It's just, it's part of it. You so. know, and I, it got me thinking, um, well, let me just get to it. I'm going to introduce our guest today because yes. I have a question for him that I, I can segue in. I'm going to try to hold my thought and then ask you this question. Uh, we have Eddie Burke the third. Welcome to Alaska Wild Project, Eddie. What's happening? Yeah. 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 Good to have you, man. Is it cool that I introduced you as a third? Yeah, that's good. Because I feel like a lot of us have like a, a homie that's a junior. Like he's you know, Jason Jr. or whoever junior, but like yeah. I don't know a lot of third dudes. 
Like you're the third one. Yeah. You know. And then everybody so. knows my dad, so I just always have been junior. Right. You know. Yeah, Eddie Burke. Not too many people. But he's know a junior third. too, then. Yeah. He's technically yeah. He's the a junior. legit you're, junior. So what's <laughs> what's the junior junior? The third. The that's third. What say? Yeah. Yeah, that's the third. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it's like it's like goes back to like medieval times. I'm like the third. Like it's it's a big deal, I guess, if you're the third, bro. <laughs> like I said, it's prestigious. You got to carry that name proudly when you're the third one, man. Is it on your driver's license? It is. No, it's official. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When I, I it's saw it? it somewhere one time, and I'm like, oh, what? You're like the third one? It's actually, you could put it as your name in your driver's license? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, How about credit the... card? Yeah. Hell yeah. Shut All up. of it, man. How that's do they awesome. check that? <laughs> that's awesome, they just, they just assume? It's like, oh, could I, I just be Daniel the here. third? When you were playing high school football, though, did you have oh, Rick, yeah, Rick number three? No, he was number three, though. Maybe he was number three. No. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome, Eddie, man. Thanks for coming in. No, thanks for yeah. having me. You're, you're a tough guy to nail down, bro. It's uh, It's been hectic. You know, yeah. But yeah, your lifestyle is, is not one of a uh, normal man's, working man's lifestyle. Yeah. This guy, we got our podcast kicked off in, <clears throat> well, we started going hard late January, February. We got things rolling. And Eddie was one of the guys... Uh, we wanted to get in right away because you were in the heat of. Well, let's explain a little so, bit about what Eddie yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, sure. Let me, yeah. Can go so, there. so Eddie, um, and if you want to find him on Instagram, it's eddieb.jr. Um, that's his Instagram handle. There's no third in there, so I don't know. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Eddieb.jr. Eddie B Junior. Um, Eddie is. Junior. Should we say a junior? sled dog racer maybe um eddie is has transitioned his winter life to learn how to be a sled dog musher um and intel with that like you don't see a lot of young guys and a lot of people that are going into that that's kind of like a dying sport i'd say um even though maybe the 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 youngest guy out doing it is the winner you know back to back or whatever it is cv dallas He's another young guy. Um, so Eddie is a up-and-coming sled dogger. Is that the proper word? What would you musher. say? What do you call it? Musher? musher. Or you yeah. musher? yeah. And, and so we wanted to bring him in here because you, you just don't hear about people that go and learn and want to be a musher. And so Eddie busts his ass all summer to work to go live, and we'll get into the details of what you're doing, um, to go and learn this sport. And it's a sport. You know, mm-hmm. and there's and it's a, and there's a lot that goes along with that sport, and so that he's learning to go, and I'm sure you have to um, get to a certain point before you can start entering these races and learn to deal with the dogs and all that stuff. And this is a big time Alaskan activity. I mean, sled dog mushing is huge up here. A mm-hmm. lot of people that might be hearing mm-hmm. this out of state or don't know a lot about that, and so that's one of the reasons we want to bring Eddie in to just kind of shine a, a, a light on all these things that are going on with the sled dogging. Yep. So I guess first and foremost, the first question is what, you know, why did you want to get into it? Well, it, it's been a process over the past seven years or so. It, it started out as a, as a fun thing, you know. It, I guess most guys have a fantasy football league. We had a fantasy mushing league, nice. you know. And wow. it, it was something I was working at waste management as a garbage man couple of fellow co-workers they bet on Iditarod every year and um 
So is that on FanDuel or no? Just like <laughs> not, nothing legit like that, you know. But uh, chalkboard style, but yeah, it, exactly. And it, it got real competitive. It um, ended up being a lot of money, and we decided we would go down to the Denina Center to the Iditarod Mushers Banquet where they do their bib draw, find out their starting order, and we're like, hey, let's go talk to these guys face to face, you know, and let's see who's gonna win. Let's see what these oh, guys go feel got. them out. Go feel yeah. them out. Oh, yeah. So we went recon. just strictly for, for gambling purposes. Yeah, it was a recon mission. <laughs> yeah. so Night we, out, the whole thing. Yeah. Exactly. We put on our suits. We're looking all flashy. We get shit-faced, and we go talk shit. I yeah. mean, that, that, that's all we did, but we made a lot of friends. We um, definitely turned a lot of heads there that night because <laughs> there's not a lot of big, like, I don't know super fans you know there's yeah. people that come up and they're like oh dog mushing and pretty dogs and this is so cool but people that follow it people that i guess know their lineages and like who their lead dogs are things like mm -hmm. that so we're people are like we're you know who are you guys <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. And we're the stat guys especially we're younger and so this is kind of how it all started we were sitting in the very back of the room, like a bunch of peasants, you know, we, we had this little table. It was the 200th table and it was back by the bathrooms and people started asking like, who, who are you guys? You know, how, how do you know that? And I'm like, Oh, we're table 200. Yeah. <laughs> he, each table had a number on it. Yeah. Yeah. We uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. So I started up a Facebook page. One of the, he was actually an Iditarod champion. He was like, dude, the shit you guys say and the stuff that you guys talk about, you need to put that online. Yeah. yeah. So I started a Facebook page. Who told you that? Um, his name's Pete Kaiser. Okay. And what uh, year was this, Eddie? Oh. But yeah, 2014 I think was my first. 2014. Oh, okay. Was my first banquet I went to. So this is this is like what they have downtown at the Egan Center before uh, yeah. the, the, all these guys come in. That was kind of like race. when Denina just cracked open. Yeah, Denina Center, and um, so that yeah, down there we're um, I guess finding on our recon missions, and then so yeah, I started up a Facebook page. I started doing sled dog news, like race updates, doing my own mm. version of reporting. Okay. And I was just having fun with it. You know, I was just diarrhea of the mouth, you know, inside my garbage truck while I did a rods going yeah, out, you yeah. know, out in front of someone's house for like 15 minutes, just <laughs> typing away on my iPhone. And it organically grew into like 3,000 followers. Wow. Of like hardcore mushing fans that are just, they look at us like we're ESPN. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, I need my yeah. update. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it grew into that, and I guess through that process, I met a lot of mushers. I got invited out to kennels, um, invited to races across the state. You know, I'm going to Bethel for the Cusco, going to Nome for the finish of Iditarod, um, going to different kennels, learning. I was just being a sponge. You know, yeah. like from my first moment that I walked into the mushers banquet, I was like, I want to do this. This yeah. is cool, you yeah. know? You felt, um, you felt something. Yeah, you know, and just know. following the race, I mean, it already interests me. Um, but being around it and then especially going to, like, the Iditarod start and um, a musher said, hey, why don't you be a handler? Like, run my dogs down the chute, you know? 
help yeah. run the dogs down the race chute on start day. I was like, oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. And then yeah. just being around the dogs, <clears throat> everything, and uh, learning what goes into the sport, all the different aspects and variables of it, um, it just it, it grabbed me. So I guess over the past seven years, it's just been a sponge. And asking questions, learning from whoever, running dogs with whoever I can. I don't care, you know. Little puppy team, shitty dog team. What about the poodle team? team? You ever they, run with the poodle team? The, the, the poodle <laughs> you know what I'm talking man, about? Yeah, the no, poodle. You know, he knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. No, no, there's I mean, some people yeah. that run different kinds of dogs. Yeah. I mean, now it's evolved where it used to be like huskies and, and it used to be these certain type of dogs. Oh, and now, they're, now you can speak on it more, but now there's like a, a, a certain like mix. Subspecies of like. It's that are actual like mushing dogs, yeah. yeah, that have this crazy energy and just can run for like so long. Whereas it used to be like, which dogs can survive the coldest, the longest? And people in, over years, I've worked, I did a rod for like 25 years yeah, with hot dogs, dogs downtown, yeah. you know, and so I've seen all these different these different characters and these different dogs. And I remember the poodle dog, yeah, the team. poodle man. The poodle, I, I, is that I, what they call him? I don't know. That's what I call him. <laughs> I the forget. Poodle man? Yeah, I forget his name, but he ran several Iditarods with a poodle team. And wow. He actually, I mean, he completed the race as well. That's you crazy, know, and he, he was like somewhat competitive. I mean, yeah. it's not like he was dead last, so it was impressive. Um, poodles with- are athletic dogs, but they don't have, they have hair, not fur. Mm hmm. Or, oh, okay. So ah, okay. They stick to the ice, things like that. So, mm. ne- I mean, now it's in the rules um, that you have to have a dog that can handle those elements. You know, they have to have that double fur coat and things like that. Yeah, for the ethical side of like ah. making and, sure the the well being of the animal is. The priority, right? Yeah. Like the health and everything. Dog I mean, care is, it's always been is that, number but one. Yeah, for dog sure. care. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go back. So as you're as you're um, absorbing all this stuff and people aren't asking you to be dog handlers, are you still writing for your Facebook page and like oh, doing yeah. all this stuff? Well, you're, yep. like, you're like on the scene, though, oh, at yeah. that point. Yeah, so now we're on the front line. So I'm yeah. like, you know. Uh, I'm, Live I'm, from uh, the Iditarod. <laughs> basically, you know, we're doing our frontline reporting um, and write-ups, race updates, and I guess, yeah, during all this, I'm learning to run dogs. I kind of become like a weekend warrior musher, like going to Willow, running dogs on the weekend, just learning from whoever I can, and because there's a ton of information and knowledge that... uh you need to know. Yeah. yeah. And I oh, mean, man. guys have yeah. been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years and they're still learning. Well, it's know? not only an Alaska sport. It's a real big like Norwegian. Um, well, it's international. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. there's a lot of yeah. people that fly up here and there's actually the one guy I think got trapped up here for a long time because he couldn't fly out because mm. of COVID or something like Last that. Last year, yeah, that was Thomas Warner and he, he ended up winning the Iditarod. Um, so yeah, Norway uh, puts out a lot of great mushers. Um, even... Montana, Wisconsin, things like that. Mushers uh, come from from all over the U.S. Do those but, guys bring in different breeded dogs, or has everyone kind of transitioned into to that one that you normally see now? Alaskan Huskies are the primary Iditarod dog. I mean that that's what what everybody's running now. Um, some guys have more hound mixed in. 
So basically what your Alaskan Husky is, is you have your Siberian Husky, and then they've bred in like Greyhound and Pointers for the speed, but have oh. mi- kept the, the Husky in there. Yeah. And they've come up with this like hybrid type dog. And I mean, it almost looks like, I mean, they look like Huskies. Yeah. But they have. Is that how they got small? I wouldn't say. Or is that like a whole different. I mean. Rabbit hole hard on on Husky stuff, but. That's, um, I mean, each kennel has their own, I guess, dogs that they like. Yeah, I'm sure there's some some strategy there. Some guys like bigger dogs, some like smaller. Okay. Um. You know, some people like all male teams. Some people like females. Um, oh, okay. So there's a lot that goes into people's breeding programs, lineages, and I guess their systems. You know, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Alaskan Huskies are the are what is used so, today. So like Alaskan NASCAR. In, the NASCAR. I mean, this it, is yeah. a long. I mean, this is decades of oh. of breeding. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, the Alaskan Husky isn't something that's just recent. Yeah. So and so for people that maybe don't know exactly the dog breed that we're talking about, the Siberian Husky is like the really really furry, really like traditional. If you see some old school like Kobuk style movie and things like that, you, that's the dog that they portray, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. One hundred percent. Um. So, and they're they're a little bit of a kind of bulkier build, mm-hmm. and with the Alaskan Husky, you get that more athletic mm. build from them. They slender shoulders, longer legs, yeah. um, longer spine length, you know, um, dogs can just travel better, you yeah. know, with those types of builds. Yeah. Do you ever see any Alaska Malamutes? No, I mean, <clears throat> there's definitely Malamutes and people that still use Siberians and Malamutes to, um, more for work than like, race? Like horses. More, more, more so like... expedition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a walking pace, you know, yeah. five, yeah, six yeah. mile an hour dog. And I mean, they'll work and pull and they'll go forever. And they're low maintenance because you don't have to worry about, you know, 50 below temps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots and lots of miles on their feet. Like... They're, they're bred for it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, but with the Alaskan Husky, they're... Yeah, they're a hybrid. Uh, okay, so the Alaskan Husky is not strength, you know. Right. So they're they're bred to run at ten miles an hour for a thousand miles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the Alaskan Husky is not its own breed per se, but more what we're calling a mix of the Siberian and these other things. Which yes. now it's kind of is it like officially in AKC? In, it's now Alaskan Husky. I don't know. I. I don't know. I don't know they're, about they're that. They're not in the New York show trotting what, around on Alaskan Husky. No, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. But they would never. It's real pretty. Yeah, those, those, yeah, those suits wouldn't allow yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those dogs don't sit very well. So they have. Yeah. Have no, they ever tried their bloodline dog breeding yeah. a wolf? So I mean, obviously, it, there's there's been some of that, you know, um, especially in the earlier years. Um, well, and the Siberian comes from. A wolf, originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean it, it, it all descends back to that, so. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, to get, like, a, a half wolf, half <laughs> husky dog. <laughs> that, That's running, pulling It's eating sled. all the other dogs. It <laughs> just feeds on the other dogs. Well, wolves have other certain Cheating. traits, you know. I mean, they're, they're 
a little more independent. They're not going to want to please. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dog's going to want to sure. please. Sure. And they're not going to want to work like a dog wants to work for someone, you know. Dogs like to have a job and a purpose and mm -hmm. they want to please their owner. Yeah. A wolf's going to be more kind of like, you know, fuck, fuck you. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do what I, I want. You see that you know? moose back there? That looks real delicious. <laughs> We're going to get that thing. Yeah, we're going to go right off the trail here. Yeah, obviously there would be a lot of uh, athletic abilities there. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Is there a lot of, uh, like, secretiveness between um, breeders? And do do people not like to breed their main male with another kennel and things like that? Or, or is it more like, hey, you have a really good dog. I'd like to breed, you know, my female with, with, with so-and-so. It varies. Um I think there's a lot of guys that look at it as, you know, why do I want to help out my competition? You know, if I have this stud, mm. yeah, why do I want to go and give you his bloodline? Yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of trying to keep it in-house, trying to keep it small, not letting all your bloodlines get out there. But there's other guys that are like, hey, I breed dogs. I sell dogs. It's part of my income. It's, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that bloodline. Let's mix it in. Um, so there's also that mentality as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like the idea of the guy spreading the love for the sport, for yeah. the for the to keep it alive. You know what I mean? I might get if you're if you're the com competitive advantage guy, and then trying to keep that bloodline. Or I mean, I was thinking that when you were telling that story. I'm going to go off of this for a second. I went to the Philippines a few years ago for the first time. It's their world country, totally different culture shock deal. I went to a cockfight. Yeah. And these guys with their bloodlines on with these birds, it was like, oh. I mean, it is serious, like almost like political type shit that these guys are doing with these like certain bloodlines. So I could almost imagine that some guys are like these coveted dog bloodlines. No. You can't, you know. These are our our family's race dogs, you know. They can't yeah. be having nobody else, you know. People put a lot of money into it. I mean, it's their mm. lives. They, I mean, it's it's a it. it's a blood, sweat, and tears. Oh yeah, yeah. investment, I mean, man. It, it, it's, it's it's a hobby. It's all fun, but I mean, it's people's <laughs> lifestyles. It's a lot yeah. more than just you know hopping on the runners and putting around the trails and. Like oh hey yeah. this is this is what I do I'm a dog musher no I mean it's a it's a labor it's a lifestyle. of love mm -hmm. exactly it's a yeah. commitment because what's what's the the number one biggest race is the Iditarod right in the world what's the payout what do what are what are people like I if mean, you win what did Dallas or who, Dallas I think won this year what's he really walking away with this on a usual year um, it's fifty thousand and a brand new Dodge Ram yeah you're probably paying that in dog food oh man that ain't shit oh yeah. I mean, uh, guys spend a hundred grand a year on their kennels. Yeah. So it how cost. Do, yeah. How do they Easy. raise the other money? Uh, sponsorships. A lot of them work their ass off. They run businesses, tour businesses. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hustle that goes in. You know, um, guys like you, you work your day job for what three months a year, four months a year, and then I work five months of the year. Yeah, and then I I go north. And, right. you know, I'm in a, I'm pretty blessed. You know, I got like a sugar daddy, basically. 
up there. Nice. You know, it's it's his kennel. Aaron Burmeister, he's the one that uh, is giving me this opportunity. Finished second it, this year, 2021. Aaron Burmeister. Yep. Aaron. Yeah. He, he's the one that's taken me in and given me this opportunity and has made everything possible, you know. So he, he covers the expenses. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I live up there in Nanana and train his young dogs, race them, and... Um, he'll run one more I did run, and then after that, then uh, I take over the kennel, and I'll be on the runners going oh, to yeah. know. Wow. Really? So what's the dynamic with that? Like, are you guys working out a deal? Like, obviously, these are, like, his babies, right? These are, like, his dogs. Oh, yeah. He's still going to – he's just going to let you race them, and they're his dogs, or are you, like, saving up to, like, buy the whole thing? How's that work? No, I'm, I'm not purchasing them. Um, so when he made the offer to me a year ago – he said, hey, I have some some young dogs, some yearlings. They haven't had much training. I, you know, they need a lot of work, but I think there's a lot of talent and potential here. How do you feel about coming up and living in Nana and running these dogs, racing them, getting in your Iditarod qualifiers? Because you have to have uh, basically 750 miles of Iditarod-approved races. Um so we'll circle back to that because I yeah. got a lot of race mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. So he was like, get, get your qualifiers in. With, with the, yeah, with, with the yearlings. Dogs. Yeah. With these dogs um, and get the experience and then basically take over the kennel and run. I did a run. He was like, I'm done, but I still want to be in dogs. Um, but I'm done racing. So he was like, I need a jockey. Nice. Uh, I can't beat that. Okay. I was like, I'll be your guy. And he's so he's your mentor, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're his apprentice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Young Obi Wan. You know. Yeah, young Obi. <laughs> young Obi Wan the third. No, I mean for real. I mean, <laughs> you know, I took cool. a couple of, I guess, trips, not knowing that I guess there was a possible opportunities just spending my free time going up there and uh i think he invited me up twice to kind of go help out and you know get the lay of the land and run some dogs and see how i run dogs see how i train you know Mm -hmm. i guess not knowing i didn't know this at the time but you know he's kind of observing and he's evaluating evaluating and um he has a partner up there as well and he's a legend in the sport and um what's his name his name is tony Tony? Tony's been around the, the dog world for over 40 years. Just a one-man, one-name guy? Tony? Yeah, you Tony. say Tony? Yeah. You know? I'll just keep it as Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, no, uh, I dig that. Yeah. For, yeah. for him. and uh, All right. He's he's an old-school dude and a legend in the sport. And uh, so he's been a phenomenal guy to learn from. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, they two just kind of sat back. And after I came up a couple of times, they're like, Hey, we got a opportunity for yeah. you. Uh, you know, would you be interested? And that's what they proposed to me. And I was yeah. like, hell yeah. So I quit my job with the Muni, you know, good union job. And yeah, got seasonal work, made things happen. And But there's a long, there's a lot, there's a gap there that we missed. So it before, obviously, these guys must have saw that you had positive intent to 
be involved in this game, and you didn't get with these guys till a couple of years ago, right? So before that, you were going so, out to random kennels and lots of other ones and, and doing the, things. There, there was one um, that I was training at for a bit, and I was getting ready for my first race, and I was going to run the Yukon Quest 300, and I I guess I transitioned from weekend warrior to almost basically full-time mm. and okay. I, was, I was still living in anchorage but i was driving out to willow four or five days a week running yeah. caring for dogs oh, wow. putting in time and money and everything to get ready for for my first race um but things ended up not working out and that race never came oh and because of snow or seasons well, or just just didn't get it was other, organized uh, yeah other issues okay and um you know uh, i was disappointed but one door closes and it was another one opens and it was like a oh, week yeah. later i got a call from Marin. okay okay yeah. nice. and it was like oh hey you know top yeah. top i did a rod musher you know giving me a call saying hey why don't you why don't you come on up to the kennel check things out yeah. Are you still writing your your Facebook so, thing? With What's it called again? Table Table Two Hundred Mushing Insider. Oh, you yeah. kept the Table Two Hundred yeah, Insider awesome. Mush. So, in the other banquets, did you go be like, "I needed Table Two Hundred, so yeah. you kept that one"? Yeah. So we would request it, and then unfortunately, the the banquets have been getting smaller. So oh. there's not. Oh, it's not two hundred no there's, more. There's not two hundred tables, but I always take off their sign, and then I get a piece of paper and I write yeah. two hundred. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you pivot. Yeah, Way to go, keep, man. It, keep it OG. You gotta adapt. So, yeah, that's been uh, that's been kind of the deal. But I training's been so intense. Um, time has been, I don't know. It's there's not, a, there's not a lot of spare time, so I haven't been up to date on doing the sled dog news. I slacked big time during Iditarod. I was preparing. I was actually on the trail doing a 200-mile race in Denali at the beginning of Iditarod. So both races were happening at the exact same time. Oh, okay. So Sounds like you need like, a jockey rider. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and I, I got the two guys that I kind of got involved with this all. Um, and their names, in the dog world, they go by Sketchy Steve and Bob Dover. Sketchy Steve and Bob Dover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are badass names. Yeah. Great guys. Oh my Great god, guys. they are. And Yo, uh, sketchy. <laughs> what did you go by? <clears throat> I think they just just Eddie. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Not fast Eddie. Or... Well, a lot of people would call me the suit because I'd wear my suit down there. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Suit. It, yeah, they thought like I was a big gambling type of guy, and yeah, like yeah. I don't gamble, yeah. but it was just like you know, just oh, you for got this the, fantasy you got the hair flow way. and the suit. Yeah. Like, oh, what's I up, Guido? Put on my pinstripes, you know, and <laughs> flash some cash. <laughs> so, how many? Let's go. Let's start with the races, then. I guess how many um, races would you say there are in a season? Well, let's start what. What is the season? And then what's the chronological order of the races? So, well, fall training starts in September for most kennels. So we start in September. September 1st, we start at five-mile runs. With, with four-wheelers? Four with four-wheelers. Okay. okay. And are they in neutral or? Um, well, if you have, a, I guess, a more old-school manual. Mm-hmm. 
transmission than um like a honda foreman yeah yeah but the that's the Suzuki most popular King Quad. yeah no and they're like those are great because then they can actually pull and have resistance you know oh okay. put it in gear and then it yeah exactly it keeps everybody honest um like with the new manuals you gotta you gotta throttle oh you know? yeah yeah um so it wants an engine brake yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're always kind of throttling. I mean, they're still pulling, obviously, but it's not as honest and true as like the older four wheel. So I use an old dead school, weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use an old school four wheeler, um, and then that September transitions into longer runs, you know, and you just slowly add on the miles, build up the dogs. It's a long process. So do they have the summer off? Like yes. the dogs, they're just normal um, dogs during then. And my dogs do. Okay. Um, I think it's beneficial. Yeah, it keeps them. Yeah, keeps them perky, keeps them healthy, gives the body time to heal, mm-hmm. and um, they're. I mean, they're batshit crazy to run. You know, oh, I bet they're September. just fired up by so that time. It keeps keeps the spark, and then the main goal is <clears> to <throat> just keep that spark all the way through the season. And April is the last, basically the last race. First week of April is the last last race of the season so you probably have your first races start late december early january and then that progresses all the way to april so you basically have from september to december to get yourself uh let's say a 300 mile team yeah two to 300 mile team wow so you're not only building them in shape like you got to be in shape to do that that yeah. as well i mean no, you're standing you, on the back of that thing you got, and people don't know you're not just sitting there getting pulled the whole time you're mostly running right exactly um it it you can definitely make it as, as physical as you want it to you know i mean one being out i mean on these uh 300 to 200 mile races we call them mid-distance races mm. um you're out you're outside for three days like especially like this year there's no indoor checkpoints mm. So no indoor facilities to dry out clothes, to go lay down, none of that. You feel genuine heat? Yeah. Yeah, there was none of that. You're outside. Um, So what type of gear would you bring in that case? Like, would you bring, like, a TP or something? Um, QU, bro, QU. There's there's some guys that use tents, um, but uh, sleeping bags and, and dogs. Yeah. All right. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Snuggle up with your dogs? Yeah. They like it. And uh, you get to watch them, see how they recover, see how they're sleeping, see how they're eating. Um, It's beneficial to be with your dog. Yeah. That bond only gets stronger as well. Mm. Yeah. So. And and let me back up a little bit. Um, That bond started with those yearlings, right? Because they were already young. Mm -hmm. Yep. They were... They were in influenced. I mean, you you came in. I mean, and I think we've had these conversations in the past about like just a puppy. Like when a puppy sees that one person for the first time, they kind of have that connection forever. Mm-hmm. Even though they may go to another owner, they like always kind of recognize that person. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and so as you as you came in, um, you know, just on your free time doing that. Mm-hmm. That uh, <clears throat> that initial work, these dogs started to get to know you from the very beginning, right? 
Yeah, I, I mean, they like the potential dogs that that Aaron was talking about. Yeah, they, they. I mean, you know, they've seen some other people and have worked with some other people, but heard their voices, the, smelled their scents, like mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're one year olds at this at this point. Um, but it's all you do, I guess, to establish that bond is put in the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, be relevant to them. Dogs, dogs like people naturally. You know, they want to please, they like people. So long as you show them, hey, I'm a good person. I'm the guy that feeds you. I love you. I care for you. We're going to go run. We're going to have fun. They, I mean, they're just all about it. They eat yeah. it up. And yeah. it's the only thing they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's their purpose. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you just put in that time, spend time with them. I mean, I'd spend, because I knew going into it, I started in September my first race was going to be the first week of February. And, you know, it's, it's not really a ton of time to, no to, to get a bond with a dog <clears throat> with, well, with a whole team of dogs and being like, hey, we're going to go out in the middle of nowhere for 300 miles and we're going to traverse rivers, swamps, mountains, overflow, 50 below temps, I mean, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be obstacles, there's, you know, there's a lot of adversity that happens out there on the trail, and it's like, you know, we all got to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. the time. Trust. That, that bond, yeah, they have to trust you, you need to trust them, so it's not a whole lot of time to establish that, so I just spent every free moment I had just sitting on dog houses, walking around the yard, just you know, talking to them, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So you have that window to go back to the chronological order we were trying to get to nice. um, where mm-hmm. you are running these dogs. And I would assume you're doing, you know, 20 miles and then you're going to go to 40 miles and you increase it, increase it, increase it until you feel they're ready for 200 miles or 300 miles. Yeah. So kind of the process it works once you get, a dog team up to about a 40 mile run they can basically from there handle anything okay i mean just about you know i mean as far as the longest run you're most people even do for training or 40 to let's say 70 maybe 80 mile run is this like a day yeah non like basically a non-stop run non-stop go yeah, straight consist- 40 miles and of course, you have like your little micro breaks you throw in there. Little you throw them snacks. You know, mm-hmm. every two hours is kind of the general rule um, yeah. when it comes to snacking. And um, what are we I talking guess, like a break. five like a five minute quick? Yeah, it's two minutes. Oh, basically. really fast? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's so, like halt, snack, snack, snack. Bam, back on the trail. Exactly. Okay. And what um, are you feeding them? In the snacks. Sna- it depends <clears throat> on the temp. Um, temperature mm. has a lot to do with diet. Um, if it's really cold, obviously they're going to require a more fatty diet. If it's hot, they're going to want more of a lean, a lean snack. So maybe that's just more of a straight beef, a fish, things like that. Mm. Mm. And when What's it's cold, the- sorry, Jack. Yeah. I would, I was curious because you talk about the fatty, um, like, Chuchat on even even like <laughs> <laughs> some belly fat guys. Yeah, it's, it's, some people use like uh, pork belly. Oh, uh, oh. yeah. 
And fish is actually a snack that you can snack at any temp. Um, but you'll have fattier um, beef mixtures, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I'm just, like, drawing blanks right now. But there's... Uh, well, like, when you go and you go to each dog and you're, like, you're putting it right to their mouth, right? They're, yeah. Like you're not I, throwing I it on the it, ground. You, I hand it to them, and, I mean, they snatch it right up. Yeah, and it's, like, a little bag of... Uh, they're they're basically of... quarter-pound snacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there you go. So, um, beaver. Beaver would be a fatty, rich, oily mm-hmm. snack. Oh. Dogs love beaver. Um, you get that at, like, Petco or... Yeah, I just. I go well, to, you got something to say over there, Jack? I just found that not that beaver. He's like beaver, huh? <laughs> just found it entertaining. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, it's energy rich. Ew, it definitely it is. is. Yeah, lots of nutrients in the beaver. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, cold or hot. <laughs> Where do you find this beaver? Trappers. Oh, there's probably so many beavers up there. In those oh, areas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they come and do. Do you guys like take it whole, or are they already like snacking it up? Like they got it all like mixed. Yeah. So we we like to get them where they're all skinned and deboned and re- oh, re- ready wow. to cut up into snacks. Got it. And so you don't cook it. It's raw. Raw. Okay. Definitely it, raw. Yeah. All the food we feed the dogs is raw. I mean, it's a raw meat diet. Okay. So the trapper, I'm, I'm, if I'm guessing here, he's gonna, he's gonna harvest his beavers, take their pelts, break all these things down, bag them up, throw them in the freezer, and then now sell them to Aaron's kennel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, wow, that's that's good to know for people that maybe have uh, I mean, anti-trapping li- um, <clears throat> mindset where they're only doing it for the fur. Right. You know, that's mm-hmm. not true. They're actually feeding dogs and great most, point yeah, yeah. it's yeah. full circle yeah. yeah i think it's pretty rare that these things go to waste yeah, yeah and i i mean i i got to thinking about you know saying sell i mean it's a it's a way to reproduce and and recycle the resource mm-hmm. i mean most guys i would think that you know an, an anchorage guy who's going to go run out somewhere and go get a beaver he's not going to harvest the meat most likely but if you're thinking about a reason to harvest the meat. I never thought about it being a, a sled dog meal. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, mushing. It's kind know, of like it, a secret weapon, actually. Yeah. It's That's a, badass. It's a really Human thought after um, meal for a dog. Mm. Um, it's a, it's something you can rely on. Yeah. You know, no matter the temp or, yep. you know, if your dogs are maybe a little sick or they don't have the strongest appetite. Usually beaver, you can get them to kind of start gnawing on something and get that oh, appetite going. That's and a great get the system back. One thing that's really unique about beaver, and I, I've never trapped or, or hunted one. There was we found one one time four wheeling. I don't know if you remember, a few years back when we did our couples ride. I was and with we, you. Yeah, and we were coming back and we came across something on the ground and I stopped. I was like, "What the hell is that?" It was this huge beaver. And I'm like. And oh it, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think a, I think a guy you. trapped it and then was on on his run back and fell or something. And it fell off his four wheeler or something. And it was still warm and it was like I mean he just got the thing. It was limber. It wasn't all rigmortised up. And uh, I I'll never forget. I came home and I and I was like, "Well, I'm going to skin this thing out. I've never 
skinned out a beaver. They're actually not that easy to skin out because they're small and turning the hands and all the thing. But they have this smell, and and I guess it's called beaver caster. Do you ever, you ever yeah. hear that in the mushing world? I've they, heard of that. But they have an odor, this like unique odor, and I can tell you, my knife, my gloves, everything that I that touched that thing, like I could never get the stench out of it. And and I'm wondering if the dogs. Yeah, they like the stink. There's a, it's like it's oil or something that's coming out of the yeah. meat that gives it that scent. It's a very rich meat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what you were saying with the, the sick dog. Not having an appetite might be a little more apt to. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll I'll lick that. You know, I'll yeah. kind of get things rolling because it's it's stinky and dogs love stinky stuff. And, oh yeah. Yeah, rolling it. So, I'm gonna take a second here to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, remodeling, and anything and everything in the aftermath. This includes burst pipes, overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. They have an emergency response number. You can hit them up in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. I always hit them up on tailoredrestorationalaska.com. And I recently uh, had talked about a water leak I had it over at one of my rentals. And uh, Tailored came in, worked with my insurance company, got everything figured out. Just, it was easy peasy. Nice. And uh, such a blessing. And uh, Trent Taylor is such a good dude. I was skiing with him last weekend. I uh, just happened to be on the, the chairlift with him and, it would just a great Alaska family guy, uh, outdoorsy guy, and um, yeah, shout out to Trent yeah. for sponsoring us. Yeah. So he's all over the place. He he's is, killing yeah. goats. He's skiing. He's yeah. Yeah. might run into him at the campground. This he might weekend. be dog mushing. I mean, Watch out! He might <laughs> <laughs> start get a team. <laughs> <laughs> if you got stinky beaver in the house, he'll get the smell out. <laughs> he's full circle. Oh, beaver guy. caster, we got something for that. <laughs> Let me send the boys over. <laughs> All right, I think yeah. we have some uh, trivia. Yeah, we're gonna oh, do we're the gonna trivia. And then, yeah, no, we're gonna do the trivia, and then when we get back to the trivia, I want you to give me like the the race is like. Yeah, we're gonna get back to that because I really, I'm really interested in what the schedule is from December on. And we should actually have our own kind of like little, you know, fantasy dog mushing league amongst us three this year. Oh, that'd be really fun. Oh, actually, we should just do an AWP. Yeah, we like, need to do a live yeah, thing, huh? Maybe yeah. it'd be cool to like do something, and we could get you know a few of the listeners involved too, and we could have our own dog mushing league. We I really collaborate like with that, that table two hundo, dude. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got the insider news. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I think uh, between the southeast and then uh, talk earlier and the dog mushing talk, we have some good uh, trivia today. So. Two dogs were credited with delivering the medicine and later inspired the Iditarod. What are those dogs' names? For me? No, 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 not you, not you. (laughs) If they can't get it, jump in, Eddie. Yeah, Yeah, you don't get to guess. Do you know him, Eddie? Just clown on us. Oh, he does. He does. All right. Um, I'm thinking, like, Call the Wild. The Call the Wild dog. Jack, isn't that? Or is it Buck? Buck. Yeah. Yeah, buck. that's that's my answer. I'm going to go with Kobuck as one. Um, and the other one. Oh, it's like on the tip of my tongue, Knowledge on the extent man. of this thing. 
It's because it, there's a park right next to your house. Yeah, Balto. Okay, there you go. Balto. Thanks for the hot tip, guys. I got one. Yeah. Can so, I get a shirt? So there's two <laughs> dogs though. We don't. We only got. We only got mediums. And we all know Balto. You know Balto Park, and then there's the Balto statue yep. in New York um, Central yep. Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Even in there one, too. There's one downtown. There's one downtown. Yeah, Balto's. Uh, yeah, fourth. I mm-hmm. thought that was Kobuck, but I guess it's Balto. So, well, I think Kobuck was like a killer dog from Stephen King, right? Oh, is that what I'm yeah. thinking? No, oh, that's yeah. Cujo. Oh, Cujo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cujo, yeah what's Kobuck then? I don't know. A river I want to float? A badass <laughs> name, dog. My next dog's name? Maybe, so, I guess, Kobuck? Oh, Kobuck. Here's the interesting part. So we all know about Balto, but Balto just finished the race. So he was the lead dog, right? Yep. And fit, he ran 55 miles, but this other dog... Ran the leg before him, which was two hundred. Oh, real little what was brother that dog's move. name? Togo. Yeah. Togo. 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 There's okay. a movie about yeah him as well about I Togo. Think Dis- I, th- I think a Disney movie that recently no, that's came out. that's the one that's oh yeah I believe it's called Togo. Doesn't it have? Yeah, a, you're right. Really? You're right. I watched it with the kids. Doesn't yeah. it have oh, the Show Me the it? Money guy in it? I'm not sure. From, I have not uh, seen it. Yeah. Okay. Did the did the Disney movie depict the the whole sitch? Oh, like, like, um, that's Balto taking the shine from Togo. That's what we need to do. We need, we need Eddie to watch the movie and analyze. Yeah, it's right here. Like, Look, the dog there it is. I'll be a critic. Oh, oh, okay. It's not a animated. Movie. Oh, it's called oh, Togo look at that. too. Oh, there Man, you go. Looks... oh, who's, who's the dude? Oh, that's, uh, who's the musher? Oh, that's the badass. Um, what's yeah. his name? Uh, he always plays like a good villain. Yeah, is that he him? plays a great villain. Yeah. Okay, that's the dude that's like the um oh hell. He's like the villain in the Spider Man movie. The the oh man. Oh, William Defoe. William Defoe yep. in Togo, okay. Disney. Togo. Eddie, yeah, have you seen the movie? Shine. I haven't. I haven't seen it, but Oh, if there's anybody that can watch it and Calling bullshit, it'd be you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you do it. No, no, no. I'm sure it's a good movie. No, for sure. I, I thought it was an animated one. It looks that looks good. Well, William Defoe, I mean, he's a great actor. Is that like a real image right there to the bottom of the Oh, probably. Of him? Yeah, yeah, right and, here. Yeah, and Togo. Oh, this guy right here. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a oh great shit. Pick. They picked a really good, they picked the right actor for that. Oh, it yeah. says replace Balto statue with Togo statue in Central <laughs> Park. There's a petition. <laughs> oh, man. That's He's the funny. one that actually, like, or just did have the work. Yeah, he ran the, the whole way, and then little brother came and took the shine and got the oh. park named after him. Yeah. Just have them both. They're both heroes. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, did it together. Exactly. Balto right. and Togo. So what is uh, so Eddie? You can jump in on this one too, since this is not dog related. Uh, largest national forest in the U.S. Yeah, wrong guy here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I just mean, playing there. Tongas. Tong- yeah, oh. the Tongas. Okay, yeah. two for two. Yeah. With the hot tips, though. Yo, can I, I get mean, your hat? You can yeah. jump in on this that hot trash, trash though. Yeah, the first one is a little bit cheap. What is with these? Yeah. What is with these coming in with the tips? The second one, you, could, Did you, you guys talk about equal. this before the you podcast. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna give him the tip and I'm no, gonna get the answer. Hey, you know where I live? You know the park? You've yeah. been there? Damn, man, I should have known that one. All right, so actually, we, they should make Balto a dog park. It's officially not, but people think it is. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, mm. pick up your poop. It's a great place. My to kids take are trying to run around out there. All right, so the next one, uh, what's the official sport of Alaska? 
Oh, I have a good, actually. It's got to be dog sledding. Yeah, dog mushing. Dude, I'm three for three, baby. I'm back. You're yeah, on fire. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? back. This is the first time you got one right. Okay. <laughs> but you're killing it today. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here now. Sorry, the trivia this time was whatevs. It was one sided. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. We, we, uh, we, we little salty. A little salty. <laughs> little sourdough. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Fuck. Uh, okay, well, next time. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, was the, what, was, what was the last one? Well, at least they named the, the movie after Togo. Yeah. What was, the last, what was the last one again? The last trivia question? Official di- uh, official sport of no, Alaska. Before that? The Tongass is oh, the largest no, 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 no. forest. I had a thought and I lost it. Never mind. Well, there's a big thing going on with that. Aren't they trying to eliminate them building a road in there or something? I know the mm. Southeast boys, you know, mediocre. I remember you mentioned something about that. That's Did he? big news. I think, it, I think they actually... One where they're not going to let them uh, build that road in there, mm. which is cool. Yeah, keep it pure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So it's let's bad. go back to uh, Eddie here and the race. So what's the number one? Does it? Are they always in order? I mean, there's. I guess there's your consistent races every year that are usually on the same weekend or week of the month. Um, mm. So your first major race usually is the Connect 200. That is early January. Then from there, there's a lot of races. But I guess for here in Alaska, major mid-distance races, then it would go Cusco, Cusco 300. And that's a premier mid-distance race. Um, There's usually like... 25,000 for first place, 20,000. Oh, that one's got some money involved. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, the big boys come out for that. Oh, yeah. 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 It, top dog drivers from all around the world come to that race. Okay. It's a uh, very similar to Iditarod status. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's the pinnacle of, <clears throat> of mid, mid distance racing. Okay. So, your top Iditarod mushers, your top Norwegian musher. I mean, people come from all around the world to go to Bethel and race the 300. Okay. Now, do they stay? Because it's like, oh, we got this race and then this race and this race. Do they come like for the racing season? Or are they? That's a whole other thing. That's like a flying really with good the, those question. dogs. How yeah. do you? How do you move that? It, there's package. a lot of, a lot of logistics. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. So a lot of them, yeah, they'll kind of. They got a buddy here, you know, another fellow dog um, musher, you know, stay at their kennel. That connections. Kind of deal. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And then with I. I did a rod being in March, your first weekend of March, you know, usually will stay till that point. Yeah. Um, so after the Cusco, now we're going into February. So you got the Willow 300. And that's a, that's a, another good dog race. Where's that one go? So that goes through the Willow, Caswell, Talkeetna, and then Trapper Creek. It takes oh. the East West Express all the way to the Forks okay. Roadhouse. Nice. Yeah, oh, okay, it's cool. um, it's a pretty cool trail system actually. I, that was my very first three hundred mile race. Okay, and the Willow. Um, yeah, no, it was a well put together race. Awesome competition. Lots of lots of Iditarod mushers in there. Um, well organized. Oh yeah, yeah, good people running there. Um, w- the lodges, great lodges, yeah. great sponsors, just 
good communities out there, you know? Eddie, yeah. what year was that? That was your first race? Cause so that was uh, this year. Oh, nice. oh, it was. Yep, February. How'd you do? I placed, I think, out of 41 teams, I placed 13th. Damn. Oh, good. yeah. I saw that on Instagram, dude. Nice. <clears throat> that Something, was your yeah. first official race. First race, um, and I was just kind of putting around the track. What, what yeah. date was that again? <laughs> you got good dogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what date? I like to think so. What date was it again? Um, That was the believe the first weekend of february first weekend of february okay and then the following weekend i had the yukon quest 300 oh okay mm-hmm. and back to back 300 yeah wow damn so and that's why i was taking it easy on my dogs and then mm. well, let's go third. back real quick on the on the first 300 mm-hmm. how long does it take for you to complete it i forget the total hours but it's like two and a half days okay Three yeah. days. I mean, not much sleep. No, I mean, I think I might have got three at the most, or two and a half hours, probably that entire race. Wow, two and a half hours of sleep, and then, you know, like you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, you're one just being outside in the cold for three days straight takes a toll on you physically, mm-hmm. and then just feeding, carrying. Driving a sled, you're running up hills, you're pumping, kicking. There's a lot of physical activity as yeah. well. So it gets uh, with only two hours of sleep. Yeah, and and the majority of it is in the dark. Yeah. Oh, you know? of course. It ha- yeah, because there's no daylight that time no. of year, and you're by yourself. You know, that that was the thing that surprised me the most was here you take off with 40 teams, and it's like. You don't see anybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, maybe your first run, you you'll see teams. There's a lot of passing and oh, okay. back and forth, leapfrog type shit. But after that, then it's pretty silent. You well, know? Once you spread out, it's just you and the dogs, and just that's you and it. the dogs. How do you pass someone? Do you like beep and then you know, and then they slow down? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> or Coming do you? Through, bitch. <laughs> or, or do you take like the powder on the side and be? Um, no, no. Uh, we call trail, you know. Hey, coming up behind you. Okay. Basically, then, get out of the way. Y- yeah, so there's um, there's a rule, you know, basically, if a team is traveling within, you know, 100 feet of you for X amount of feet or distance, you know, you, they have the right of way. Let right. that team Got pass. Yep. Gotcha. There's okay. an etiquette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Trail etiquette, for Do sure. Do most abide? Yeah. Yeah, mo- most, most of the people are pretty... Uh, pretty friendly about all that and then the only time that there's where you don't have to abide is there's a no man's land for usually the last several miles of a race okay Mm. then it's Mm. then Then that's where you can give them the finger and just you know you go around good luck yeah yeah Mm. (laughs) now on on that powder (laughs) (laughs) on those trails are is there someone that's coming pre-maintaining these or, or pretty much people have been running their dogs training anyway on these trails and so uh, it's already established or a, a lot of these trails are put in the day before the race what's that entail is that someone going the snow machine just some usually two snow machines okay three snow machines. just kind of patting it down just, just track it up yeah so they'll usually go out i guess maybe like a week or two and put in like a first initial trail and then they go out like a day before the race mm-hmm 
break through the wind drifts, any fresh snowpack, yeah. like any of that. So usually they're all pretty soft. Um, mm. And, you know, they do go through dog mushing communities. Um, so like when you're going through the willow swamps, there's heavily used trails. So you get on some mm-hmm. good stuff and it's nice and hard packed and you're like, all right, yeah, we're, we're cruising, cruising now. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you get it back out in the middle of nowhere where there's not a usual trail system. And then you're like, okay, it's a slog. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're running, you're walking or running with them. Yeah. You know, you're, you're kicking your leg, you're pumping, you know, I like to help them out as, as much as yeah. I can. Um, yeah. and they like it too. You know, they're like, oh, dad's working back there. Yeah, you let's know? go. Oh, they know you're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they can sense that stuff big yeah. time. So you got That's the back-to-back cool. 300s. Yep. So they, so you got the Yukon Quest that falls after that, and I raced in that one as well. Um, and then after the Yukon Quest. That's a great name. Where Where is that one? That Dawson? or So that starts in Fairbanks. Oh, and it does. Okay. So I did the 300. There's a thousand mile quest as well. Okay. And okay. So, That's the famous one. Yep. And then, mm. so that goes to Canada and then they mm. alternate years the where, where it starts. Back. Okay. Oh, oh, so they start and come back. Yep. Got it. So it, it, Fairbanks to like Eagle and back or something? No, past, past Eagle. Um, so you go to Fairbanks to, um, where does it end? Like Dawson? Dawson. Dawson is a layover. Um, Let me pull it up. Uh, Dead Horse? No, not Dead Horse. We got the internet here, boys. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead. And I'm messing you up over for, there. For some reason, I feel like I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's sleep deprivation right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there it is. <laughs> so it's Fairbanks <laughs> to um, White Horse. White Horse. Oh, okay. I said Dead Horse. Close, close. Okay, I meant White Horse. The other way. Yeah. yeah. West, not White, North. White Horse. Yeah. Yeah. That horse say. lived. Yeah. Man, it was something horse. All right, guys. All right. <laughs> and then it's back. No, no, no. That's that's the uh, thousand. Mile. They alternate starting locations. Okay. So one year it'll start in Canada, then the next it'll start in Fairbanks. Right. Mm. So nope. you did that one. So I did the three hundred mile version. So that was from Fairbanks. Fairbanks to Fa- what? Eagle uh, Dawson from Two Rivers. Actually, mm-hmm. oh. started in Two okay. Rivers. We did a 40-mile loop through Two Rivers. And then we went on to uh, Mile 101. And then from w- Mile 101, we went to Central. Then from Central to Circle. Then Circle back to Central. Oh, okay. Wow. So that was... Uh, and then through that, I guess 300 miles. Um, it was slightly over 300 miles, actually. Um, you cross, you go up and over two summits. So you have Eagle Summit uh-huh. that you go over yeah. and Rosebud. Okay. And those are... What are the elevations on those? I think they're like 4,000. Wow. Oh, it's Sounds way right. up yeah. then. That's they're like, like right up mountain next top. to Jack Wade and... Yeah. No, no do, do they have the trail like marked? Is there some sort of like... So there's stakes out there. Okay. Um, And it, for the most part, they're all pretty well marked sometimes you're guessing sometimes you're going up a ways and you're like i haven't seen a steak yeah, you know we're going the right way here yeah some dude's cabin but uh, like the sauna's going i'm gonna jump in there <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah for the most part they're they're well staked um and then plus i mean you're out in the middle of nowhere so you got a trail in front of you or 
you see dog prints or yeah. tracks track or something mm-hmm. yeah so yukon quest do they run the 300 and the thousand at the same time and yes. the dudes that are doing the thousand yep. just keep going yep exactly oh, okay. okay so they're they're running together mm. how'd you do I I think that one was out of twenty something teams, and I placed six. Oh, nice! In that one, top ten. So mm. yeah, no, it was good. I, mm-hmm. me and a guy were uh, battling it out for for fifth. I got edged out by like a minute and a half or two minutes or something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, so you were right you on his heels. Hot on him. It, mm-hmm. it was a close race. He's actually a former um, UConn Quest champion. Oh, three hundred wow, nice. UConn Quest three hundred champion. Yeah, awesome dog driver. Great yeah. guy. So, oh, so he was really motivating was you fun. and pushing was, you behind him. Like, you were like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. It was awesome to, to run with him. And, well, I was actually ahead of him um, leaving the last checkpoint, and it was a 75-mile run to the finish line. And, uh, you know, I have my young team. It's their first year racing. They're rookies. And it's just kind of like, well, you know, we're just going to keep it positive, make it a fun yeah. experience. Yeah. No reason to push or drive. Um, you know, we're we're gonna be competitive. We're we're gonna work, but we're not gonna, you know, overdo it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't drive him or anything like that. And I figured if this guy would pass me, it'd be at this big wide open lake. Yeah. And sure enough, that's when I saw his head headlamp behind me. And I'm like, Yep, there he is. Yeah. And I'm like, All right, he he earned it. Yeah. He he chased me down for yeah. you know, at this point probably 55 miles mm. and wow. did he find like a parallel like snow machine trail that he passed you on or so it's you a little wider it? it's a little wider through there and i saw him coming so i just pulled over oh you did I was like, oh, okay right, you yeah. know, come on by man you yeah, yeah. yeah. you Look at that character yeah. and then uh we uh we traveled together for a while and then we got it the trail breaks off onto a road and then i was like all right, guys, I called him up, and then we start freaking flying, and I'm gaining on him. I'm running him down, but I'm like, I we were still pretty far back from um, the finish line, you know, maybe another, I don't know, 10 miles or so. So I was like, I'll wait a little bit. I wasn't quite sure if we had quite enough to, like, maintain that lead yeah. from that point. So I was like, let's just run with him, stay on his heels, and then if I continue to stay on his heels, then I'll go for the pass before yeah. we get in that no do man's full, land. Do yeah, the full yeah, downshift. Yeah. And, and like, then, yeah. um, <laughs> so point. I ended up having a tangle. And oh. yeah. And then, so like that little 30 second break, you know, but it's 30 seconds of me not moving. And, and him he's, moving. he's pulling yeah. away. Yeah. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. like a minute. Yeah. What's the and, top speed? Would you say? I mean, they can run. In a in a dog race, your average speeds are between eight and ten miles an hour. Okay. You know, um, now can they run faster? For yeah. sure. But the terrain and but you know, terrain things like that, um, and then plus you're trying to preserve them. Right. Yeah. You don't want yeah. them to. I mean, yeah, they'll happily, you know. Yeah, you can put the pedal to the metal and then run their tongue right out of their mouth. Seventeen, yeah. twenty, you know, something miles an hour for you, but. Obviously, that's not going to last that long. Right. Yeah. So good luck being competitive. Yeah. You know, so it's all about managing, maintaining. I was just thinking that, like, you have that, like, 75-mile push. Mm -hmm. And and that time 
when you put your dogs in to that mode where they're like clipping along at say like nine miles an hour average and they're just and you're thinking like there's so much stuff to I feel like there's like a big window of time for you to think about like what to do next and and what I don't know. I, I just, is it, is that time fly? Does it drag out? Like what is those stretches of? It depends. Sometimes it's, uh, could be the longest 75 miles of your life, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, so let's say you're going, you know, nine to 10 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. That 75 miles is going to take you about eight to, let's just say eight to nine hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah break it down. Wow. Yeah. But some people, or sometimes, depending on conditions or your team or whatever, mm-hmm. it could be a 12-hour run, a 14-hour run. Yeah. And are you listening quest, to music? No. Are you just, you got to hear the dogs. That's what I'm be, thinking. There's like, it just feels like are you just, I listen to the Alaska Wild Project podcast. Oh, <laughs> every time I leave the kennel. <laughs> every time. Um, on training runs, I listen to a lot of music. Okay. Okay. Um, but on a race, like to keep a cell phone charged or whatever, you yeah. know, it's just mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. So it's a lot of self-reflecting and yeah. uh, humming along. Yeah. And so yeah, sometimes it goes by real slow. If you're having like the run of your life and you're just freaking dogs are killing it, you're loving it, temps are nice, all that, then yeah, time flies. But yeah, like that seventy-five mile run into uh, circle. It was 50 below that entire run. And it, wow. the, the snow's really dry, so it's like sandpaper. Mm. So it's kind of a slow-moving, sloggy trail. And it, you're just like on a sh- wind. Like the snow's sugary. It, yeah. There's no pack. It's just like... Exactly. And it, it's like, really dry. And it's okay. a rough texture. So mm. the runners don't slide across it too well. Um, they don't glide. Like, no. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Di- there's different plastics, different runner plastics for different temps and things like that that help. Um, Are you changing those out like mid go? Like, yeah, hey, let me just runner. Not plastics. on a run. I mean, I I change those in a checkpoint. I okay. actually Yeah, yeah. I actually made like a a kind of a rookie mistake and ended up not packing any extra runner plastics. So I had had some beat up ones, but mm. you know whatever. Which probably just drags just a little bit. That makes it a little bit. Yeah, they were Smart. all chewed up from going over gravel and oh, okay, things like that. Great yeah. learning curve, though. Yeah. For, for you to be like, okay, like I, this I is an adjustment. Extra, I brought some extra ones, and then I didn't pack them. I forgot to pack them in my sled and left it in the dog truck. And Man, I, I want to get into the packing and the gear. I'm just itching to oh, get to I that. Know, I know. Yeah. I'm just like, what is this guy wearing? What is he bringing with him? Yeah. I need to know these answers. How much weight is in the sled? Uh, like, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but before we get to that, so we're at the Yukon Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we so got Willow next, 300, Yukon 300, and what's next? Then after that, we're probably going, I want to say, into Iditarod. I don't that think makes there's, sense. there's okay. really much. Um so those are the main. Those, uh, as, those far, are the main ones. as far as main dog races, then after I did a rod, then you have the Kobuk 440. And that's like the other top prestigious. Okay. Mid-distance. That doesn't get a lot of shine. 
It doesn't get a ton yeah. of shine, but as far as in the dog community and um, I guess yeah, in the dog mushing world, it does. It, it's it's a big race. Yeah, it's a tough race. It's always stacked with talent, and it's got a great payout yeah. as well. Mm. And uh, the people in Kotzebue are awesome. I mean, it's a great, great dog mushing community up there, mm-hmm. and they put yeah. on they put on a pretty good event. Yeah. Where's the money coming from? For, like I for said, these payouts, are these just sponsors and sponsors, people putting up money? Sponsors, um, entry fees. You know, obviously. Oh, they pull them up. Go a portion of that goes back to paying mm. out mushers, but I mean, it's really just sponsors. I mean, yeah. that's what's keeping a lot of these races alive. Yeah. Yeah. Are we seeing any withdrawal from sponsors over the last decade or so? For like, oh, for sure. I mean, Iditarod's taken a big hit. Mm-hmm. Um. I think a lot of corporations are, I guess, getting scared to mm-hmm. be affiliated with Iditarod with like pressure from PETA and all that wacko terrorist organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, really? They they will consider that in their. Yeah, I mean, you got you know. I mean, yeah, yeah dude, you get in the corporate I, game, man. Yeah. These guys are checking every angle. It's yeah, I guess they have to, and then. But you know what? Like working, I did a rod for ever. You don't see you don't see a lot of protesters, and I don't think they can come out here. No. You know what and, I'm saying? And yeah, it's almost like you don't. They yeah. they got. I mean, they've had some in the in the past, um, but th- that's them. It's four people, five people making a hundred phone calls each. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And writing, you know, threats to these corporations, and I mean, and they got all the money in the world to put into it you know yeah so, yeah um so that heat doesn't help but in a, in a lot of that i even i don't even like talking about it because it's just they they put out so much misleading and false information mm-hmm. um i mean you can we, you can feel yeah. your passion and your love oh, yeah. for the dog yeah, right here yeah it's and and anyone that does that like obviously you're, it's you're not in it for the money you no, know I mean, you're, no, there's way more no. back end that's happening in this love for these dogs and taking care of these dogs. And, and I'm sure that there is, you know, the bad kennel here and there, just like anything. There's a bad mechanic down the road. You know, there's yeah, there's, there's that in, in every in every batch. basket. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, 100%. But 99% of the people are probably doing their best by these dogs and taking care of these dogs and, and treating them well. I mean, they're eating beaver, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah, and who just, doesn't like to eat beer? Just like Brooke Stranger loves hunting. I mean, these dogs love mushing, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's, you know, I always try to tell people, you know, it's like just like your, you know, your house pet likes to play fetch or go on walks. It's the same thing. These dogs see a harness, they go ballistic. Yeah. I mean, all mm. they do is want to run. It's in their blood. It's their it's happy what place. what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just like playing fetch for them. And... In order for these dogs to run a thousand miles or to run three hundred miles, they have to be cared for. They have yeah. to be fed yeah. well. They're the athletes. I mean, they are. Yeah, they're the world's greatest athletes, yeah. actually. Um, and that's like through sports science and research. And mm-hmm. there, there's been so much research into sled dogs. They've been researched more than think any other animal out there. And for veterinary veterinarian purposes and um also for sports science they haven't been able to quite figure out what makes a sled dog 
so special. Yeah. yeah. As soon as they do, there's going to be more Tom Brady's out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or goats. Well, go- I mean, it has to lead back to that passion of those dogs. Just That's just what they want to do. It's what they want. Mm-hmm. You know? They mm-hmm. love it. They love every minute of it. And yeah. um, and you and you go to you go to Eddie B. Uh, Junior's Facebook page or uh, I'm sorry Instagram page Instagram, and yeah. you just see all these pictures of these dogs and they're so happy and happy they're running and, and their mm-hmm. tongues around and they're being cared for and obviously they're healthy and being fed well and they're in the outdoors way more than we are, you know. And so they, I mean, I, I don't see how you can hate on it ever. It's it's a beautiful beautiful thing and 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 it's so cool that there's a young person like yourself that's like taking it on, and you know we got people listening in, in Florida and Spain and all over the world listening to this podcast. There's like yeah, you know these 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 guys are living this life, mm-hmm. you know, which is amazing. It's part of our culture here in Alaska, big time. You know, big huge time. part culture, history, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it's a. It truly is a beautiful lifestyle. I mean, I fell in love with it, and I wouldn't have my life any other way now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I miss it, you know? Yeah. Coming yeah. back to Anchorage, like, Anchorage yeah. is home. I'm born and raised in Anchorage. Uh, family's here. Mm-hmm. My daughter's here. Yeah. Or that, that's, like, the hardest thing is being away from her. But um, well, she gets to come out and visit you, she, right? Yeah, she gets yeah. to come out. She loves it, and we have a great time out there. But uh, it's... It's hard being away, hard being mm-hmm. away from the dogs, being away from the peace, yeah. the simplicity. There's Do you get out the much solitude. in the summer to just go visit, or are you just 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 yeah, hustling to so you can get out there? There's, I mean, I I try to take a weekend here or there, and then once like August, September starts to roll around, then I can start breaking away and you know start getting in those yeah. weekend trips up there, start spending some time with the dogs, start kicking off fall training and mm-hmm. getting the team geared up. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about some of these uh, cold nights that obviously are normal to, to, to you guys mushing. I mean, it's just normal activity to be out there on a night and you got to spend the night out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. What do you bring in? What's what sleeping bag do you have? <laughs> That's uh, my first question. Yeah. Feathered friends. Got it makes a phenomenal sleeping bag. And I'm a big fan of the Pertex fabric. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very breathable and um, extremely warm. So I use Rab Parkas, um, which is also made of the Pertex material. Yep. And um, I have an OR jacket, not my black one, as a Pertex. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's just... I mean, staying dry, breathability obviously is mm-hmm. is key, and um, I like the Patagucci, you know, base mm-hmm. layers. I think mm-hmm. those uh, are the best for moisture wicking and drying out on your body. Things merino like that. wool or mm-hmm. their their um, Polar Tech. No, it's not the Polar Tech. It's yeah, uh, that the that Polar Fleece. It's the like Polar Tech Fleece is what they're like. A lot of their like mid range. Layers I, said, are? I thought they had their mm-hmm. own little name for their thing. The Capline. Capline. That's what Capeline. I was saying. Oh, Capeline. Oh, Capeline. That's the odor. Uh, is that the odor? I think no, that's, it's I think that's just, line that's of just lightweight the... base layers. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. But you like yeah. synthetic over merino wool? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't experimented too much with the merino wool, but I do like the synthetic with um, 
the Patagonia base layers. Yeah, the synthetic seems to dry out faster. It than does. The merino wool, but the merino mm-hmm. wool is warm when it's wet, so it's kind of like when are you gonna. Well, I think the benefit of the merino wool too is the smell factor. Whereas yeah. it doesn't matter. You're laying with your dogs. You yeah, know, there's no one smelling you, dude. Totally. Yeah, they're they're just the stinkier you get, the closer they want to yeah. snuggle up to you. Is that yeah. true? The stinkier you, the stinkier you are, the more they want you. Shit, they always want me. Uh, <laughs> they always, it sounded right. <laughs> just bring some beaver I mean, treats I, into I, the old feather yeah. friends bag. Now, is it the Feathered Friends, what, minus 40 bag? So they have a minus 40, a minus 60. Um, Damn. They are warm. Yeah. I mean, it's top of the line. And you look at there's all the specs on them as well, and you compare them to other bags. But we did some product testing over this winter. Mm. And uh, even though on paper they're the same, they're not as far as performance-wise. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you In go into field. that bag with all your gear on, your boots and everything? Um, I, I'll go in with like a, because uh, I wear an overboot. Mm. And I what wear. What kind of overboot? Wiggies. Yeah. Ooh. Wiggies muck. Yeah. Um, those are nice. I love the wiggies, man. Um, Neos are another popular one. Yeah. Um, and they're okay. They're a little clunky for me, um, especially if I want to be moving around, trying to be a athletic back there yeah but uh now do you get all the uh, way down to the to the you know the long johns as i like to call them to get in the bag or you you still got your coat and your no i'll take my park off i just hang that on my sled let that dry out Mm. um in 50 below yeah that dries it out dude it does yeah no i mean when you think about something drying out of 50 below it's like it's not frozen and then uh now it's toasty. You put that thing on, man. Toasty, warm, ready to go. Now, what's the parka you have? It's a rab. Oh, rab. rab the rab. Like, yeah, a rab mm-hmm. parka. And rab. then, um, and they're out of they're out of Norway. Or where, yep. Norway, yeah, right? it's a Nordic brand. Yeah. Um, and they make great quality stuff. And then I guess under that rab, I wear a um, another, I guess, kind of midweight down jacket. Okay. And it will be like another, I guess, kind of thinner Pertex. It's um, this jacket in particular that I is my favorite is the LL Bean. Oh, okay. And it mm. is the they discontinued it, uh. but it is the best bang for your buck. It was like seventy nine bucks, and it's a down with the Pertex down treated. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I mean, breathes phenomenally, keeps you dry, very warm. Um, great pockets and shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's an anorak. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great jacket. So that like a probably, hoodie, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's that, explain the anorak because I know a it's lot a of pullover. People, yeah, pullover. That yep. that that's, that's a better that's pullover what it technically down coat. Is. It's so, almost like a pullover, like a hoodie style, but like a coat. Exactly. It has those yep. pockets in the yeah. middle. Big pockets, really yep. big. You can just be layered up under. Yeah, them I have thing. a Wiggies anorak that is the gangsterest glass and. Uh, puffy you could wear. I mean, if yeah. you're sitting on a knob, glassing for moose yeah. hours on end in the wind, it's yeah. like the only thing that will keep you warm. Yeah, is and one we, of those and, anoraks. I, they you just can throw it over whatever you're wearing already. Yeah, you know, or you can roll it up as a pillow, right? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. probably use your anorak for multiple use uses. For, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're not we're not with one brand or another. Like we're rocking everything. Like 
Go whatever, see Wiggy, whatever works, man. Go see the Wiggy store right there on Old Seward, you know, right by the Pink Elephant Car Wash, mm-hmm. you know, right by the Starbucks, yep, uh, Northern Lights and Old Seward. Mm-hmm. Go see him and get yourself some of that rad stuff. Is that where you got your boots? Was right from our local guy here? I ordered them online because okay. I, was, I was in Nanana. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I needed a new pair. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of those. The, the they, Wiggies. I mean, the they, Wiggies. And I wear Lobins inside, which oh, is another. Yeah. Um, Norwegian uh, made boot. So they're called Lobens. How do you spell that? L O, I think it's B B E N. Loben. Mm. Okay. I never heard of that. So and it's, it, it's, a, it's a great underboot. So it's, it's, a, it's a good sock and then a, like, break down the boot real quick because you're talking about like the outer, the inner, like what. Is the yeah? We're, I'm getting confusing, huh? No, uh, no. I mean, we're just gonna go full geek on so Iditarod I, boot. Layering. I like. I mean, this is what I personally use, and it, and it is a common, um, I guess, combo. Um, a lot of guys wear them with neos, but I like to wear two wool socks. Mm. I wear like a thin wool sock, and then I put over like a, a thicker, bigger wool sock. Do you care about brand there? Um, I found a few different ones. Some make my uh, feet like sweat too much yeah. or mm-hmm. they don't breathe as well yeah. or they hold moisture, it seems mm-hmm. like. So um, there's a few brands that I've, I guess, gotten away from. Um, and there's a few that I found that I like. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's some good ones that uh, even um, Army Navy yeah, um, mm-hmm. that I found there. But uh, so I wear the dual socks, then I wear the Loban boots. So they have a sole. I mean, it's a traditional boot, I guess. It's slim and, you know, it's a slender boot. Um, like, like, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like. How does it, like it compare a to a snow machine boot? And it, like, what? So it's it's slimmer than that. Okay. Um, it's almost like a wool type material. Oh, okay. And. It's um, like a sock boot. I'm going to pull it up, dude. You said Loban? Yep. And they make a specific musher boot that I wear. And uh, they're comfy. They got a good sole on them and everything like that. And then they also make an overboot for for their Loban specifically. And it's actually what the army uses it's their military overboot mm. and they have like mm. a thin it's it's probably good to about 20 below is it this oh, okay. this this here is that like that yep um the taller ones there oh yeah, right. man my parents would rock these at our dinner rod like oh, outside yeah. that's what they would wear these little ones i used to make fun of them yeah they're like elf looking shoes yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's actually did you when you came over to mushroom. my daughter's birthday the, a year ago you were we were we were just talking about how he was fully puffed. He was like in this upper lower fully puffed, but like casual inside puffy clothes yeah. that it was like, man, you're not too hot. But you, I think I saw those at the he doorway. He had those in the front. Yeah. I yeah. thought my dad was there. <laughs> I was like, man, I think I remember those sitting when I walked in the front door. Like, man, who's wearing You guys got to Google boots? this. If you're listening just, or, yeah. or if you're watching on our YouTube, go to Loben Boots, L-O-B-B-E-N Boots, and, and check out these boots. These are like some seriously norwegian elf shoes shoes, like norse dude these are crazy i'm gonna buy a pair now and they they come with the sick colors dude they got the red and the blue and the gray and the blue eddie you like live in these boots is that right like no exactly so that 
that's when, like I mentioned, breathability mm-hmm. and ho- things holding moisture. You don't, ha- you don't always have the opportunity to go indoors and dry gear out. So, you, so you're living in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the major importance for me and like th- this setup here it works extremely well so two socks lobans an overboot and then depending on the temps is what overboot i'll wear okay so, so the overboot's gonna be like the wiggies muck i'll put those we, daniel can we pull that up like yeah the wiggies muck and, and is this like a knee high no, they're lace up or strap up. Probably like, what, maybe like a sixteen inch rise or something like okay. that. Okay, all right. So just like the top of your shin. Yep. Okay. Oh, and okay. It has like like a this guy cuff. here. In in they're made. Oh, right here. Is it this one? Yes. Okay. They used to actually. Oh, but that's Some a black ass okay. selections on the web for it. The oh, far left. Those. That one. those. Yeah, okay. 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 So they cinch up real nice. They're extremely light. They're made of the same material their sleeping bags are made yeah. out of. Lamolite. Yeah, the lamolite. Yeah, and they got a Vibram sole, it looks like, on the yes. bottom. Yep, yep. a Vibram sole. So okay. you can put that other boot within this boot. Yep. Got it. Okay. And the two wool socks. Toasty. 50 below, no problem. Yeah. And mean, you can yeah. run in those fucking things? Oh, yeah. They're light. They look bulky, but they're not. They cinch up really nice. It's almost nice. like a big glorified mm-hmm. sock. Yeah. Like with a sole on it. That's how our, all of our sloper friends make it through the winter without frostbite as well. With those boots? Well, th- or similar a similar over, style? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Those are the Wiggy brand ones. Wow. So it, so that like that lamellites in the... All around that thing. In that, yeah. yeah. Well, remember he used to, he used to, when you used to buy the bag, he'd give you the little booties. And I still keep them in the thing. Yeah, and that's I'll, right. I'll bust those out. Like to go pee at night, you know, mm. you just put those on. They're just like Velcro, and you just get on there. I don't think he does. And they have like a really light. No, you don't just get the booties with the bag no more. That's oh. long gone. Oh, okay. Well, that I might have been. OG. Yeah. Yeah. Mark's like, hey, I get these booties. Like, no. No, it used to come with it back in the day. Oh, yeah, no. No, yeah. not anymore. My wiggies is, it's it's old. Yeah. And so all your dogs just came. come sleep on your bags, on your bag, on your sleeping bag? Yeah, just tuck up next to them. Now, what's the tent you got? They come snuggle with a tent. A tent? No, I, I've never brought a tent with me. Um, Just are you laying? What are you laying down on the ground? Straw. Uh, so you're on the straw. The dogs are on the straw, and you mm-hmm. go straight with the rab, right to it. Um. So, I'll, like I said, I'll use or the feathers, friend. The friend, yeah. And I'll hang my park up. Um. I wear climb bibs. Okay. Um. I I don't wear the insulated bibs. I think just the Gore-Tex shell. Mm. And what's is, on, what's the pants? Is the best way to go. I like the uh, Mountain Hardware makes a really nice puffy pant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not their. That's the ones I have. Yeah, it's got like a, a reinforced knee and a, a bottom and right everything. Exactly. It's not like your typical pleated down. No, it's like one sheet. Pant. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Exactly. I have those. Yeah, um, it's a I, mountain climbing pant, if I remember right. But it's really like, thin, really slippery, mm-hmm. like loose. Yep. yep. And I forget, but they breathe well. They dry out quick. You can wear them all day. You can wear them all day. Yep. You can wear them for three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're awesome. So I wear those with, and then depending on the temp, all day and night. I'll wear, you know, the Patagucci base layer and then uh, another really thin kind of form-fitted fleece uh, base layer legging 
mm. you know, in between if needed, if it's like 50 below. You need or a little more like insulation. Yeah. But usually mm-hmm. just the base layer, puffy pants, climb bibs. Yeah. And they oh, got those wow, at okay. AMH over there on Spinard if you're looking for those mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are really nasty pants. pants. Yeah, they're really nice. So you're so you're you got your boot, you got the sock, the 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 mid boot, the outer boot. Your base layer on the bottom is super simple. Just a yeah. three layer system, four if it really needs it. Yep. Going then, on to the upper. So typical base layer. I like the Patagucci. Um then I'll wear a, a fleece. Mm-hmm. Over like that. a quarter like a quarter zip. Quarter zip fleece. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Real a thin one. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'll wear the down. It, it's a, it's a thin down, mm-hmm. you know, like a mid weight or something like mm-hmm. that. What you'd typically, you know, someone walking around. Do you see at Costco? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like like the LL Bean or the other mm-hmm. Pertex kind of mid weight down jackets. And then I'll put the Rab Parka over that. I'm gonna pull that oh. Parka up, dude. Those yeah, Parkas those are, are just gangster. And then how about for your head? And then I'll wear a hat. And I wear usually just a fleece beanie, and I'm kind of a I'm kind of a pussy when it comes to the cold, like twenty thirty below or colder on your face. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't grow a beard or anything like that. Yeah, I can't yeah. stand it. Can't be like branding, you know. Oh, no, oh, yeah. That thing's luscious, <laughs> but uh, it is. Thanks, Eddie. So I wear a a Make face him, mask. You're making me blush. Yeah, I wear a face mask, uh, like a just a neck warmer, basically. Yeah. Put that yeah, over. like the turtle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is, it a fleece, is it a fleecy material or what? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I like fleece. Yeah, yeah. You got to have that, like, the draft in the neck protection. You can't be exactly. having nothing yeah. leaking in. You don't want no cold air going down So it's there. windproof, mm-hmm. like the skiing ones? Um, I don't use a windproof one, just regular fleece. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But all your jackets cinch up, you yeah. know, real high. Yeah. So you well, let's let's find this well. this parka because I'm looking at a bunch of pretty girl things here going on. Go to Rab. No, go to their website. Girlish figures maybe. going on there. In R A B Rab. Rab parka. Let's, let's go to all. Rab Nordic parka. Rab equipment. Rab light. Light. Then if it's, oh, no. Yeah, if it's real cold, I'll wear a a fur hat. Oh, you will. Yeah. Now, right. is, does your Be, parka you have the fur again? Um. Wolverine, no? What was it? Yeah, Wolverine is kind of the ideal. Nice. Okay, so. Is that because of warmth? Not only warmth. Or is it just like a profile? Like when you're wearing a Wolverine hat, you're just a bad motherfucker? No, not. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of style style points Uh, there for sure. I mean, if you're wearing a Wolverine, I think that's pretty major. But, uh, well, Well, the the Wolverine rough is is key. Um, And the reason behind that is that that doesn't. It doesn't freeze. It right? repels water. Yeah. Oh. Right. Okay. So it doesn't freeze so, up, and it's okay. So it's taking yeah. your hot breath. So it has a performance. It has a performance angle to it. Yeah. Okay. It's just not for swag. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dude, I'm on the rabbit uh, the site here, and I, I can't find the sick sick one. I think you got to go to to the the rab badass. Yeah, the go, special, the, the special yeah, rab. Like this isn't just Should, the commercial. I put rab badass in here and see. Yeah. So badass musher guy stuff. When you're sleeping in this sleeping bag, is it like a mummy style, or do you have your face exposed? What do you do there for your head? So it is a a mummy style bag, um, and they they actually make a pretty roomy one as well. So like if you're a bigger guy, 
they're they're still comfy. Yeah. Or if you want to throw the lead dog in with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, spoon. Yeah. Scare a good spoon going. <laughs> yeah. So how do you protect your face and? Yeah, you you can uh, tuck in there pretty good. Um, and you're not worried about condensation. Um. Yeah. I mean, you got to let it breathe a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, those bags do a tremendous there is job the one, at, Daniel, at breathability there. as okay. well. Um, Eddie, is that pretty close? Yeah. I see dudes rocking that, but I think it, it has a different like outer layer, right? It's more of a. Yours is red, isn't it? Mine's black. Yours is black. Okay. Yeah. So is it more like this one? Hey, that's my boy. I have that exact same parka. Right there. Man, that guy looks Okay, class. so that's it. So that's, it doesn't have that, um, like when you get a puffy, it has that, that material that's on the outside, but this is more like a rugged, like a water, water, like a. So that, that right there is that Pertex. Okay, okay. that's the word I'm looking okay. for. Yep. Yeah, Dude, he looks, he just, looks ragged right there. Yeah, bro. And, looks, but just, this is the perfect picture, and we'll put it up on there that people that are, are watching. And you see he has the Wolverine. Um, what the do you hat, call it? Wolverine rough. The rough. rough. The rough okay. around that. And then are you rocking the be- the beaver or the um, not beaver seal hat? I do not have a seal hat, um, but the seal hats are awesome. Uh, beaver hats are nice. Beaver mitts are great. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys like those. Oh, let's let's go to gloves. Like, what's oh, the yeah. glove game like? The glove game for me is a pair of green wool military liners. Got it. Okay. Then I'll slip those either into, it's called Midnight Sun Mushing. Um, They're no longer in business. Mm. Um, These particular mitts are made out of the same material they uh, made spacesuits out of. NASA did. Wow. And they are the best things I've ever used in my life. My guess is your boys up in Indiana have some of this gear that that you got that passed down to... I snagged snagged a pair up, and nice. so that no longer they. I guess the issue is is they can't get their hands on that material. Um, so, um, they're no longer selling out. Yep. So were they Alaska company with the name yep. Midnight Sun? Okay. Midnight yeah. Sun. What What did you say it was? Midnight Sun. I believe it was Midnight Sun Mushing, and oh, they they made parkas, uh-huh. uh, mitts, uh, all sorts of. They things. were a local Alaskan. And wow. the, and there's there was oh there they go. There have uh, these 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 right here. Not quite. Those are Apocalypse, and that's another local company. Um, there's several local, I guess, mushing type oriented gear companies now. Um, there there was more, but yeah, you know. Yeah. People get old. Yeah, retire, funding and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like a two to three layer system on the glove. So, with that mitt, you could basically just imagine like a big down mitt, mm-hmm. and it's similar to like that yellow pair. Mm-hmm. You have those, and I would just wear a a green wool liner in those those mm. real thin form-fitted yeah. ones yeah. that, that we can pull it out and do things with your hands and it doesn't freeze exactly because you, you need quick access a lot of times yeah. Un- and you need it, to be able to, to use your fingers yeah. untangled and the dogs are mixed up or yep so a lash wanna... comes loose on your sled or you know you just slip yeah. them off so you want to be able to just throw your mitts off and mm. be ready um also i'll use those uh heat lock gloves they're 
They're the deer skin. Oh, yeah. From You can get them, like, at AIH. Mm. And basically, we just bring, like, a big pack of those. Okay. And when they get wet, you know, throw them out. But they're warm. You still got good... Um, Dexterity. I guess, yeah. Good range of motion and all that. Mm. And, mm. Uh, good use of your fingers. So I'll use those as well. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll just use those with the green wool liner and rock those or kind of mix it up. Yeah. Depending on temps and conditions. And you probably get to a point where your hands get seasoned to a level of cold where oh yeah you know it's it's to most folks your fingertips you can't even feel them yeah but so you're like, just operating in it so you're kind of used to it right it's 30 below you're mm-hmm. out there barehanded you don't get the costco oh, hot, hand, hot hands putting <laughs> <laughs> warmer. no i mean uh, I, i'm just yeah. thinking about like Tying a knot or untying a knot or exactly trying to um, cut something or I mean I just anything I mean well, your hands are exposed right and then booty and dogs things like yes, that I yes. mean there's a lot of times where I'll just have like the thin black nylon liners on or mm-hmm. I'll be barehanded yeah booty and dogs or like you said you're undoing knots or getting certain gear undone or yeah. on. I mean, you can't yeah. have a glove on all the time. No, you can't. You can't. You, you got to peel have that one thing. off. Yeah. And, and when you're in 50 below, it's a whole different game than 20 degrees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything's brittle and it wants to break and it, it's yeah. stiff. Yeah. and. So what about the headlamp? Uh, Lupine headlamps. Lupine. Yep. Battery operated. Yep. Um, they are lithium batteries. Um. They are bright as shit. Mm. I mean, it's what works the best. They have the longest lasting battery. Which um, is huge. There it is right there. I forget how many lumens mine is. You got that but, big yep. circular badass one? You got the double or which one you got I, here? I have a double is it like this one? that. It, yeah, it's similar to that. It's like a Pika, I think. Is it Pico X? Maybe this one? Yeah, something like that. Lupine, L-U-P-I-N headlamp. Is that like an interchangeable battery pack style, or yeah? Okay, so, so you, you I pre-charge I bring, them. I bring a couple of batteries. So like the one the size of a, I don't know. I think they're probably five inches, six inches, maybe something like that, and by like an inch and a half or something. It's like, like a, a candy bar. Almost. It's like a rectangle, mm-hmm. a big long rectangle tube. Those last like twelve to fourteen hours. Like this guy a, here on a medium. Yeah, mm. so that's a smaller one. Okay. Um, that probably maybe gets you like four hours. Then they make like a kind of in between. The last you like six. Then you got the bigger yeah. ones. The last you like twelve. So you bring a couple. Yeah. The last you through a race. Mm. Just keep them close to the body. Yeah, I mean, I keep mine in my sled. Like, I'll oh, really? Usually, they, they handle that cold like that? Yeah, they, they handle it pretty well. GoPro. And hey, GoPro. Get some Lupin batteries going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. No, they, they got their shit figured out. I mean, they're extremely bright, though. Yeah, it's that's the best, awesome. Best working headlamp that I mean, I've come Sign across. Sign me up. Hey, are fa- they, are they really expensive, too? They are. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not unreasonable or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, they're, they're worth every penny. They're the most durable in the cold, too. That's kind of, you know, people are like, oh, well, this one's half the price. 
and you know you can get it off Amazon or whatever. And then it's like, okay, well, it's gonna freeze up. Go go spend a few days out in the cold, or just go spend one day out in the cold. Or <clears throat> see yeah. how durable it is. And yeah, yeah, it'll it'll tell you what's going on. Yeah. It's now, good. what about eating? Like, what are you eating? Are uh, you heating things up? I mean, as Heather's choice, you know, we got a uh, discount code. So the thing, <laughs> meals are pretty good. Yeah, Heather's choice seems great. That's uh, seems like an awesome gig she's running over there. She's uh, doing a great job. What, what I use, well, we don't have access to, I guess, clean water usually. Okay. Oh, that's mm. another. Is what you know. That's not always, a, I guess, an amenity we have. Yeah. So we have snow and we have a cooker. What's the cooker you're rocking? So they're a three and a half gallon cooker, basically three and a half gallon pot mm-hmm. with a another five gallon or four gallon. I think it's five gallon pot mm-hmm. with a burner in the bottom. So we put that three and a half inside that five gallon and we use heat, the yellow bottle. Heat, heat. Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That. We dump snow into our pots. To melt the water. That makes water. Then we take, um, what do they call those? Um, the freezer bags um, where they seal them. Vacuum seal? Vacuum sealed. Vacuum yeah. sealed food. Mm-hmm. Throw that in there. The in the hot water. In the hot water. SUV. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, heats it up. Gets it all nice and warm. So, yeah. so you're packing your own meals. Packing homemade meals. Got it. Oh. And that's what we do. And then inside, sometimes we have access to like a cabin. Like we have a cabin, a shelter cabin with a wood stove. Okay. So inside everything we bring, we always bring it um, vacuum sealed. Mm-hmm. But mm. also. Is that for moisture? We, well. Or just get it small too probably. Yeah. And then that way we can um, defrost it. You know, we can boil it. Oh. So it then can you can stick it, it in. Can, yeah. It can Got handle it. the heat. Got it. Uh, oh, okay. So we just like. Let's say we make chili mm-hmm. or spaghetti, vacuum seal spaghetti, yeah. chili, throw it in the boiling water, nice, warms it up, nice hot meal. Yeah. yeah, just just grab your knife, cut it open, eat it out of the boom. bag. Yep. And like then a mountain house, but homemade. Yeah. And then like uh, burritos, like those are popular. You know, our, I like to use them on the trail. Um, so we vacuum seal those, but we also wrap them in foil. As mm. well, so if we have access to like a uh, a cabin with a wood stove, mm. we can just cut them out of the bag, throw them on there on the throw foil. them on there on the foil, let yeah. them cook. So it gives you a little bit of versatility, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as far as food, I mean, basically anything you can imagine, you know. Yeah, because you you anything, freeze it, it stays frozen. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to go back to the heat thing. Um, and those pots sound huge. So are you you're putting the heat? In some sort of container and then lighting that and then putting it on top? Yes. So there's a burner inside of that five-gallon bucket, basically. Okay. Is there a picture on your Instagram that shows that? I really want to see that. Maybe. What would I say? I I don't know. Maybe in one of the photos or something where I'm camping. Is this like a specific brand that makes this thing? Or is this a homemade concoction that... Some are homemade. Some they sell like at a... There's a few mushing stores. Um, there's, I guess the major one is cold spot feeds and Fairbank. I mean, it's a pet store, but they also, 
Um, they specialize in that equipment. Yeah, they mm-hmm. cater to mushers as well. So okay. Cold spots, feeds, and Fairbanks. So in your startup of all this, you were going all the way up there just to go shop at their store and check yeah. out their products. And I mean, it's where we get a lot of our uh, lot of our food, straw, oh, things okay. like that. So they're, are they like a partner in what you guys do? I mean, they, they know, I mean, not really for us. They're just a, they're just a store, you know, and they're just a big basically support. All, all mushers use them. Okay. It's where we go. It's where we get our dog okay. food, straws, things like that. Um, they offer a lot of, a lot of great variety of, of different foods for the dogs. And that's like, you mentioned that the five gallon bucket or whatever, the cooker seems so big. We're cooking mm-hmm. the dog's meals. In the same, yeah, you're heating that. Oh, okay, well. okay, yeah, that so, makes sense. So that's the reason of the size. It's so huge. It has yeah. to make a, a, a volume. Yeah, we're feeding food. twelve to fourteen dogs. So what's the meal for the dogs? So it's a little bit of kibble. Um, sled dogs are for me particular. I don't feed a ton of kibble. Um, it's a it's a meat based diet. Okay. And usually beef is the primary primary Com- component meat, of the primary protein, protein. And, mm-hmm. um and then beef fat is the other major uh component there and then you mix in your supplements and what have you mm. and sometimes that changes to you know you might swap out beef for uh more of a sometimes you do chicken or whatever yeah, mix it up. Mm. Mix it up. Depending on temps, depending on what the dogs are feeling. That's great. Yeah. So I much mean, info. Those yeah, intricate that, details of it all. That's what I liked about it the most because you're not only a dog trainer because you need to be good with animals. You need to know how to train dogs. You need to know how to connect with them, communicate. Um, also... You need to know, I guess, veterinarian yeah. uh, basics. Yeah. You need to be able to find injuries, locate them, mm. work out sore shoulders, wrist injuries. You know, those are like the common common things that happen on a trail or throughout training. Um, you know, whether it's just sore muscles, knots, things like that, you need to be able to locate them. And diagnose the dogs, mm-hmm. um, and then know what it takes to recover them. Um, so there's that aspect. You need to know nutrition. So there's the whole diet. Like I said, temperatures play a big role into mm-hmm. what type of meats and fat ratios, and what type of supplements will benefit the dogs. Um, so you need to be a nutritionist, mm-hmm. and then also you need to be an outdoorsman. <clears throat> you needed to know, you know, how to overcome certain obstacles that mother nature throws at you when you're out mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere by yourself. Um, and you could have that positive mindset. I bet at you all need to times. Be, yeah. Too. A survivalist. And yeah, then I also mean, an you. athlete on yeah. top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's competitive. Yeah. So yeah. in the push, right? Yeah. On top of all that. Well, like, like you just said, Having that positive mindset, you get negative, your dogs are going to get down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and, yeah. and on Start that, doubt. Oh yeah. yeah, and on that, like we talk about the the positive mindset of dog in their nutrition and and everything, and they're operating off of that. Um, I had a question about like 
we've been heavy promoters of of CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and we're going to do a, an ad read. I have a quick question though before I get going on that on CBD stuff. I know that um, not CV, but uh, who's the superstar dude that like won the Mackie. ESPN award? Mackie, dude. Yeah. He's Mackie got the been a huge promoter of uh, CBD oils and uh, supplements and everything to go along with it. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he's definitely said there's been uh, a lot of positive, a lot of positive. Yeah, uh, are you using any results. products out there? I mean, I have not. I have yet to experiment with it. How about Aaron? Has he um, got any? No, I don't, I don't believe he has, but I know there are a lot of a lot of dog mushers in the game that have experimented with it and have seen positive results and even like just used them with their pet dogs, house yeah. dogs and yeah. um sure. no, noticed a lot of yeah, a lot of good things happening from yeah, it. Yeah, and I I would like to believe that it'll take a transition and and maybe Aaron can hook up with our guys at the Treehouse AK. Yeah. At Boniface, um your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Uh, be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly, there's always something good on deck. And guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to s- servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords while always maintaining the deep rooted, excuse me, rooted principles that have carried them this far. Uh, Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com. You must be 21 years or older to enter the store. And I really think that this is going to end up being a huge impact on the the mushy. I, I mean, human health is huge. Pet health is huge. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if in five or ten years this is like a routine supplement or a routine addition to a a, a diet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was a standard issue thing in every kennel. Yeah. And and I think about like we talk about temps, right, Eddie? What what the cold does when you have an ache or an injury or Daniel, you can let me let my knee tell you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Eddie, you've got injuries too. Oh yeah, you, you boxed, you played football. You're an at, like a you were an I got athlete. A broken, grown, broken back. Oh, you're broken four back, dude. And a metal plate Ooh. in my leg. I, got, I mean, I got it all. It gets cold out there. I mean, that shit's got to flare <laughs> up when you're out there, huh? Oh yeah, knees, joints, back, everything. I forgot uh, about the broken back, dude. Yeah. Should we get well, into that story? I was out there sending it. It's full send, full <laughs> send. Yeah, I, I mean. Because I, I, I had a I had a little tenure of time where I rode snow machines with Eddie. Yeah. And he's one of those guys, old Dossolini, dude, his, his, his best friend, Doss. Doss is one of the baddest-ass snow machiners. He's oh, not yeah. a pro racer. I mean, actually, wait, take that back. Hold on. He did do some he snow did, cross. He did do some snow cross. And he did Iron Dog. Did Iron Dog, finished it. Um, yep. so he was competitive. I, I mean, I, that's pro. That's competitive racing. Either way, this is like the dude you want to get behind, like yeah. like Josh mentioned before, like Chad, yeah. the guy that was like he let it, you left the truck, you got back to the truck behind his snow machine. Yep, he's the lead it, dog. There. But Eddie rode oh, yeah. with Doss, and and you don't just like ride with Doss. Doss is he's gone a and phenomenal backcountry rider, very yeah. extremely technical. 
I mean, this guy is yeah, he's a get wizard. You, yeah, he's he'll a get you into some machine. shit. Yeah. So the back break, you guys went to was it Grandview? Was it? No, we were up there, at Squirrel Flats. Oh, Squirrel Flats. Okay, yeah. so same general area, twenty mm-hmm. mile. Yep, Placer. Yeah, and then uh, we were up high marking around up there and having fun. Clouds started to roll in, flat light, and uh, I was making one of my last little rips and started high marking up and started kind of looping, looping around and uh, starting to make my descent. And next thing I know, there's a little cornice in front of me, freaking gassed it, and just I landed so hard that it compressed my spine. Oh. And uh, I had a compression break, and it crushed my uh, T11 vertebrae. Brutal. That was that was done. How'd you get out? Um, I couldn't ride. I had no upper body function uh, for a while, and all I knew is my back hurt like hell. Yeah, yeah. What a scary time, dude. Not only for you, but for the homies. And you were deep. Yeah, and like I, Das, like he knows me. I don't. You know, I've broken bones with him before. I don't ever complain. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I broke, broke my ankle or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll walk on out of here, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, Hobble that, out. He was like, what? You 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 can't ride? Like, hold on. You know, like, what, what's Something really wrong? wrong? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think I broke my back. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Gotta, you know, something's bad. That's so, a strong statement. Uh, yeah. They, uh, I, they put me on his sled. And I rode like a little kid, you know, holding on to his handlebars. And uh, they had three machines. There was so much snow back there, and we were we were way up there. Um, three machines go in front of us to kind of punch a trail. And I remember it was hell getting out of there. Kept getting stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just rode me all the way back to the truck. I remember it was Valentine's Day, and uh, I was supposed to take my girlfriend at the time out to dinner i was like i'm gonna go riding and then i'll be yeah. back and we'll go out to dinner don't worry yeah. whatever just a quick ride and uh so i got back <laughs> and uh i'm all hobbling around you know and i'm in pain but at this point it's like numb yeah so I was like, mm. all right whatever you know you've been bitching all day well let's go to dinner and then uh, you went with the dinner. broken back yeah she was like no something's wrong blah 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 you need to go to the emergency room and then finally yeah i went to the I went to the ER, and they're like, yep, it's broken. Oh, my God. Jesus, dude. So I laid around for for three months, and then I got back in the boxing gym. And, shit, I fought another three months right after that. Yeah, you would have never even no. thought you broke your back. Yeah, I think I yeah I ended up fighting the AFC lightweight champ at the time and winning. And nice. Yeah, good old time. Felt good, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Got right back in it. Yeah. That's crazy. Young prime days. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted him to share that because I I had just met him around that time. And he was so nonchalant about breaking his back. I'm like, that's a pretty major fucking deal, dude. You don't, your back is your everything. Yeah. You know? And it's like you, yeah. Yeah. So you, you, when you're out there in those 40, 50 below nights, Oh, yeah. Rolling around in your bag with the dogs or, you know, doing your thing every once in a while, you can kind of feel. It's just an everyday thing. Oh, right. It's it, it just achy. You just get used to it. You mm-hmm. get uh-huh. used to it. It's just just like my ankle and my leg with the metal plate and the four screws, it has its good days. It has its bad days. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and that like standing on that and with the cold temps and all mm. that just yeah because i don't run a tail dragger that's what they call it the rear, oh the little thing the metal rear, thing rear section behind the sled okay um, some mm-hmm. a lot of guys use it as like a storage compartment and then also a seat but oh. I don't. So, like, when I'm running a 300 mile race, I'm not sitting down. Yeah. I have nothing behind me. Yeah. There's, I don't have the option to sit down. Yeah. 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 So I just do it old school and stand up and push <sighs> away. The dogs Gangster. look back. They're like, dad's, dad's in it with us, man. Yep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. They, they feed off of that big time. And you start talking to them, you get them amped up. They, they love it. They eat it all up. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What's your favorite thing to say to them? Um, I'd have to say on my, usually it's just like a that's it or good boys, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, that right there will just get them yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. give them a, hey, that's it. Yeah. Good boys. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they, they just start firing yeah. up. But, uh, What's some of the commands? G and ha is for uh G for is direction. left. G left. Right. G's right. Yeah. Ha's left. Yes. Ha. Where did that come from? They use it for horses and stuff as well. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Just a general human communicating with animal yep. command and they, sound. They know it. I mean, you can steer them like you steer a car. Yeah. They'll go wherever you want them to go. That's I mean, amazing. well, obviously, long as they're trained. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so one of the, I guess, favorite thing to say to them is I was on my way to the finish line for the last 200-mile race that I did. And uh, I was in first place. And I don't know, we had probably 20 more miles to go. So this is about two hours on yeah. the trail. What race was that? So this was the, uh, they called it the I Didn't Rod. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was the same, it was a race that was going on during I Did a Rod. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so okay, so like, I didn't rod. So they're like, everybody coming to this you know that's funny i had a hot dog stand called i did a dogs at one point for like one year and then i was like this probably is not the best name for this (laughs) yeah (laughs) totally good call man a little (laughs) awareness (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not good oh so you're ripping on the i didn't rod yep so it was a 200 mile race in denali and uh i mean once a lot of great teams jeff king Put on the race of four-time I did rod champion, yeah, yeah. Legend, legend in the sport. Legend, yeah. yeah. So since due to like some health issues, things like that, he wasn't running I did a rod. So he was like, I'll put on a race. And uh, Jeff has been known to do this in the past as well, uh, to put on dog races and just help promote the sport. Always get more part involvement. Of mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, big shout out to him as well. But, um, so yeah, they put on this race. I'm like 20 miles from the finish line. And I was like, you guys want to be champions? Ooh. And they just freaking ate it up. I mean, barking, screaming, charging. Wow. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit, we, we got this, Let's go. you know? And, uh, so I start kicking, running, pumping. And now anytime I call them champions, they go ballistic. Like yeah. we're at the kennel, we're at their you know, in their circles at their dog houses, you know, I'm like, how's my champion? And they just start, start freaking out. Wow. So it, it's impressive when I'm out there on the trail and I start talking to them and, you know, you keep, you keep yourself entertained. You're out there for, you know, in between each checkpoint, it could be 10 hours. Well, you don't feel lonely. You got your dogs. Yeah. It could be 12 hours, five hours, whatever. 
but it's all quiet alone time, just yeah. you and them. So, mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of self-reflecting, mm-hmm. a lot of just keeping yourself entertained. What the hell am I doing out here? A lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, so Man, that's, that sounds real nice. Was that oh, the first, it does. first time you brought home the jewels? or? Yeah, so that was my uh, that was my third dog race, and it was my final Iditarod qualifier. I had okay. the Willow 300, the Quest mm. 300, and then I did the the 200 race in Denali. And, and you got the W on that. And that was the first race I went into, and I was like, I'm going to race it. I'm going to try to go for it. Okay. The other two, I was just trying to gain experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to show my dog team a race in a race uh you know a relaxed race schedule you know but just mm. getting them used to routine a race environment camping in a race environment making it all positive that way when they know they're getting loaded up and we're going to a race they're like oh shit this is fun we're going to go we're going to go yeah. have a good time with dad you know yeah. mm-hmm. so on the uh on the third race I was like all right we're going to we're going to race this one I want to run a real race schedule and that's what we did, and it ended up working out in my favor. And your dogs responded. Oh yeah, I mean, they I mean f- it's like almost they were waiting for you to like hit them, hit the pedal, Dad. Yeah. yeah, they came alive, and I have a. What's the lead dog's name? Blunt. Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> my man. Yeah. So do you name all these dogs? So they're out of the. Uh, of course, his name is Blunt, dude. Yeah. That's a badass, man. Old Blizzy. Oh. Old Blizzy. <laughs> I got a tremendous bond with him. He's a freaking badass. And then his brother, Diesel. Oh, oh shit. So they're, the, they're 420 litter. And uh, they were born on 420. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it, man. So, yeah, the Diesel we need to get Blunt. A, we need to get a couple of really good pictures of them, boys. I'm sure you got them on the gram, yeah. but yeah, I got I got some. Yeah, pull them, of them up, pull them up. They're they're freaking studs, but yeah, those boys. Anything I ask of them, they they want to do it. They want to please. So you got Blunt is the lead. Yep. And Diesel, where's Diesel? Is he just right Diesel's, next to him? Diesel's running right next to him, but Blunt, he's the guy I'm talking to. I mean, you know, okay. He he knows like it's my team. Which one okay. is he here? Well, obviously, it's these that's guys what he's here, thinking, right? You know? Yep. So that pick right there. So Blunt is on the left the hand teeth. side. That's Blizzy. Diesel yeah. is on the right. Diesel looks Diesel. Yep. And then right behind them are their sons. Oh. Wow. Oh come on, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Damn, it's a family affair. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, we got shit, the squad dude. right there, man. So when you when you're on the trail, um. Not only running and, and the full operation, but when you're chilling, does he, like, go alpha and do, like, leadership-type stuff? Like, like does he, I, I guess I'm, like, thinking. Run so, the so, pack? Yeah, like, does he do anything? Yeah, he, he knows it's his team. I yeah. mean, he I talk to him like he's in charge. Okay, and, and he, he relays the message. Like he's in charge, and he keeps the other dogs in check. So let's say... We're going down the trail, and a dog in the back of the team wants to kind of veer off and maybe go dip for some snow. He knows, hey, we're not supposed to be eating snow right now. Yeah. He'll take the team in an entirely different direction to pull that dog away from the snowbank. Oh, man. And he can feel it? He can feel it. 
Because oh, it be, so starts cool. to create some drag or something like that. He, if to. there's throw up, like a dog puked on the trail, and we're coming up on it, he'll swerve the whole team around it. So they don't want to stop and like lick yep, it or whatever. booties, oh. whatever. He knows our job is to get down. That's the trail, a distraction. Get around yeah, that thing as efficiently and smooth and as fast as possible. So that's all he's doing. Dogs start, you know, messing up his his game. Like, he ain't going to allow it. Mm. That is so cool, man. A dog will, like, let's say maybe Diesel wants to uh, try to go one way on a trail. You know, like, we come to an intersection. Oh. I mean, he'll just yank his ass right on over. <laughs> I mean, he'll do everything. Like, his life depends on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. It's just like, nope, that's not where we're going. This is where we're supposed to go. That's amazing. Now, have you had any run-ins with moose or anything like that? Yeah. I, was, that's, I know that's a Quite big one. So there's a lot of wildlife where we train. Uh, I train out in the Minto Flats, and mm-hmm. it's <clears throat> it's not a heavily used area. So we have three different wolf packs that come into there Ooh. that circle through. Um, and then also there's always moose. I mean... It, that's a daily sighting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's moose habitat. And then when it snows, of course, it, or the wolves come in, then things get all shuffled around and it gets chaotic. Um, see lynx here and there. Uh, wolves usually we don't see them, but every now and then we'll see like the yearlings kind of come out onto the trail. They get curious. They check shit out, you know. But usually the wolves are. The packs are watching us from a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they see us. We don't see them. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 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 They're, so yeah, they're on the outskirts. Yeah. Wolverines. I mean, they're around out there. I see tracks. They'll follow our trails, things like that. But, mm. you know, they're uh, stealth mode. Yep. They're silent. They're yeah. silent. They only feed in areas for a short amount of time. I think it's like a day or two. Mm-hmm. And then they, they venture off and yeah. go to a new area. Yep. Do do right. the dogs react to any wildlife? You go, like you don't know insane. they're around. You don't you don't know, but they smell it. Or they? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, you because like I won't even see a moose, and we'll be going down the trail, and let's say maybe it's up around a bend of ways, and you'll start seeing ears perk up, the hair stand up, mm. and they'll oh. just start picking up speed. And you're like, oh, shit, what the hell am I coming up on? Yeah. And then the next oh. thing you know, there's like freaking, you know, uh, moose and a couple of calves or something. And yeah. Just freaking hauling ass down the trail or cutting across or, you know. You carry a 44 or something? Yeah, I, I, I try to. Um, I forget a lot though, you know, it's like, mm, oh, yeah. time to go yeah. gear up and run. And yeah. then it's like, oh fuck, I forgot my gun. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. What about communication in reach? Uh, no. Um, we, d- we have one there at the kennel Aaron does. And, but for the most part, wherever I'm at on the trail system, surprisingly, I have some service. Oh. Um, there's like a few dead areas yeah. out there, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'll go on like a couple day camping trip and things yeah. like that. It's just like, all right, see you in a couple of days. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Well, you're out there so much. It's just yeah. normal. You're not worried about it's life. You know, it's normal. Yep. Well, and you have a timeline. If you don't return, then it's like, okay, we need to send a, a crew yeah. out to go find out. Yep. You know, exactly. Yeah. You they know, know what dog I'm doing. injury or something that delayed you or, you know, yeah. 
And that, I, I, I wanted to ask that way earlier. Um, dog injuries, this is probably kind of a sensitive subject, but how do you gauge and, like, decide to, like, stop a run? Like, does, is there something the dog shows you? Is there just, like, all of a sudden things are just, like, slowing down and something ain't right or, like, how? You, I've always compared dogs. It just always reminds me of raising kids. Uh, you know, I have a daughter. It's, mm-hmm. It seems to be the exact same thing. You can tell when your child is upset, yeah. sick, something's off. Mm-hmm. You can tell when they're mm-hmm. lying, when they're trying to, you know, yeah. when they're being a little shit, when yeah. they're trying to pull something over you. You yeah. can tell, you know, you can look in their eyes and you know. That's your kid. <sighs> yep. You know what the hell they're up to or if something's off. Same thing with the dogs. Um, so I can tell when their demeanor, maybe maybe we just had a long, hard run or something, and they're like, oh, it's cold, and I kind of am getting comfy here, and I just kind of want to sleep or whatever. You you know, and it's your job to read that. Pick up. pick up on that. Yeah, to see it and um, assess and then to take action and make them, you know, or not, not make them, but – Get them back onto track, you know, um, whether it's mentally, whether it's a physical thing, you know, it's your job to take action yeah. and and help them out. Yeah, read them. So mm. yeah. Reading your dogs. It's, yeah. it, reading and managing your dog team is, I mean, that's dog mushing. Yeah. That, that's like, yeah. those are the two biggest yeah. things. Yeah. If you can do that and care for them and keep them perky, keep them healthy, then you'll be successful. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Sounds mm-hmm. like a life lesson to me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I can always tell if something's off. So, but, yeah. I mean, if a dog, they're extremely tough dogs. So, if they're starting to limp or favor or, you know, you start to see some swelling or you can kind of see in their eyes or, you know, they're looking Or they're down, licking something or. Whatever it may be. Maybe their appetite's a little off and you're like, well, that's unusual. I mean, yeah. they, they give you signs. Yeah. And yeah, yeah like I Just said, reading the signs. It's your job yeah. to pick up on it. And so if a dog starts showing those and it's limping or whatever, then it's... Time to do a checkup. Yeah, it's time to park, mm. time to rest. And they have a phenomenal recovery rate, you know. And sometimes all, all it takes is a massage. Sometimes it just takes a little ointment, um, a wrap, something like that. Yeah. And... That dog can be back in a couple hours. Wow. And that's Amazing. just, you know, just yeah. shows why they're the, they're the world's greatest athletes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great. Word. Their recovery their analogy, time, their appetites, yeah. mm-hmm. what they can do. I mean, running a thousand miles in eight days. That's crazy. Is yeah. I mean, that's an incredible that's creature to be able to do something like that. Day, or that's, in, I mean, I mean, 120 miles a day. There isn't a piece of machinery that you could... I mean, you see what, like, a iron dog snow machine does, yeah. and those things get clapped. I mean, they get smashed on. Yeah. And these are these are living creatures that are doing the work, and they persevere. They, I mean, they are they are really incredible creatures. You, you said the greatest athlete in the world? Yeah. Absolutely they are. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, what they go through. My opinion, that's sports science. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's, that's, pound for the, pound, what they're doing is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, 
there's there's nothing out yeah. there like it, you know. Mm-hmm. So what's the uh, 2022? What's the outlook for 21 22 mm-hmm. season for mm-hmm. Eddie Burke here? So next year, I will be running the uh, the Cusco 300 and the Kobuck 440. Those are the two races I'll be signing up for. And those so, start where? Uh, the Cusco 300 is in Bethel. And the Kobuck starts in Kotzebue. God, I want to go see that. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, man. So I want to see the end. The end. And it ends where? Um, they both end back at the same at the starting oh, line. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a loop. So it's like a big loop that mm. you make through yeah. the villages. Yeah. Um, great. Both are just awesome dog communities. I mean, they really embrace you guys. And, oh yeah, and the volunteers, it, mm-hmm. the whole village comes together, and they yeah. put on these races, and they That's volunteer beautiful. in checkpoints and putting in trails, and I mean, just everything. Yeah, they, yeah. they put on these events, you know. Yeah, and uh, just great people, great dog people, um, and like you go to Bethel. I mean, they're they're hosting races all year. That's their thing out there. Cots abuse, same thing. I mean, yeah, they're always putting on dog races, big dog communities. And uh they're keeping the sport alive. Yeah. Now we got we got to link up with those folks in those communities and see if we can't get I, up for I a weekend. I mean, bring our equipment like and go meet with some of the local folks that put the cool. the venues together that organize it. The traditions, the 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 families that have been doing it, it'd be really cool to get some background. Yeah, and on what those folks are doing. And these races have been going on for ever. I mean, mm-hmm. decades. Yeah, their traditions. Decades. Yeah. Oh yeah. Decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's shine some light on that. That's a good I mean, idea. it's I, Eddie and I were were at a, a kid a kiddo birthday party a few weeks ago, and we were just bullshitting about mushing, and just I was like, Eddie, you need to start a uh, a uh, a sled dog. What what what, what did I say? Uh, I, I oh, drew like a blank. A, like a. It's gonna like a some. training center type of. Yeah, like oh, okay. a school. Get the kids involved. Yeah, yeah like involved. like like to to start a uh, something that. Kind of you like just put an iPad on the front <clears throat> of the dogs, and then they just. <laughs> <laughs> They'll stand back on those runners all day. <laughs> yeah, dog sled camp. Just put Togo on and go. Yeah, uh, like like I, I, so just full brain fart on what I had mentioned. We get it. We get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Center to get like the, like just to get the youth in to get everybody started. You know, um, and and I figure, why not be the face of it? Yeah. Uh, so I told him like, man, you're you're a new generation. You're a new, yeah, kind of fresh breath of air to the sport i mean that's how i feel when i when i see what you're doing on instagram and your stories and and being connected through family and friends and and what you're doing it's it feels like something new it feels like yeah. a, it feels like a new fresh perspective on it yeah like it, it it really is and and you need to be the the motivating face behind that so know? if someone's starting to wants to get in it let's say we got a listener and they're like hey i want to get into this what's like the first step like what should they do the first step this is the usual process you you get a job at a kennel as a handler in your first year you might just be more of a yard rat scooping shit Mm -hmm. taking care of puppies feeding you know maybe get a run here and there um 
but you're not primarily there to run dogs. You're you're just there to be around dogs, kind of get an overview of the operation because there's so much that goes into it before you can even hop on the runners and take a dog team down the trail. Yeah. Um, plus, these are, I mean, like I said, they're, they're the musher's babies, yeah. you know. It's mm-hmm. a family. These mm-hmm. are high-dollar operations. They're their families, their kids. It's, it's everything to us. So you have to put in the time. You have to be willing to, you know, get in at the bottom. Um, so whether it's your first few months or it's your entire first winter, you're, you're going to be doing a lot of shit shoveling. And I mean, that's what you got to do anyways, no matter where you're at, whether you're a champion or, you know, um, that's just part of owning a kennel, owning dogs. But, uh, so you get a job at a kennel, you work as a handler, your second year there, you're running you're training dogs, you're uh, maybe getting some races in, and then, you know, so on. And you just gain the experience. Build your way up. And you build your way up. Amazing. Um, mm-hmm. There's also maybe if someone's wants to do more of a tour type of operation, there's those opportunities as well. You can go uh, live up on the glacier, mm. you know. And there's... They got them down in southeast. They got them up on, like, Exit Glacier, things like that, um, down in Seward. Uh, there's tour operations all around the state. Um, and they fly up these clients on helicopters to the glacier. And all these mushers live up there on the glacier with the dogs. And they spend all summer. And they run dogs and just have fun, take yeah. people out and, yeah, you know. Show them the that's dog great. life a little bit. That's great. Oh, that's, that's how great. they do that in the summer. Yep. Yeah, they do a lot of that stuff, yeah. and they have it. I think they have something downtown, too, where they kind of bring the puppies out and let people do their touristy yeah. thing. It yeah. finally came to me. It was the Sled Dog Academy is what I was mm. yeah. thinking I wanted Eddie uh, to start. And I had I just thought of a name uh, oh, for okay. it. Here we go. Yeah. Drop Ta- it. Table 200 Academy. Table oh. 200 Table Academy, Table 200 baby. Academy. Boom. Boom. Sounds like Top Gun. <laughs> it is. It is. Wow. Well, yeah. Eddie, man, we we went long on this one, and we appreciate you coming oh, with did. the story and the history and the knowledge of the dog, the dog sledding and the mushing and and keeping it alive because I know that it's yeah, it's man. been on a slight decline for some of us that maybe aren't really involved in it. And um, you know, if you're a sponsor and you got some money, man, put some money in these guys. These guys are loving this. This is a lifestyle that that's normal. It's a culture up here. And that's and I'm glad that culture. we finally could get mm-hmm. Eddie in here to talk about it. Hell yeah. I'd love to get out to one of those events up there, mm-hmm. whether it's the end of one of these, you know, Cuscaquim or the Yukon Quest or the Iditarod would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're working the way up to the Iditarod. Yep. So that will be in uh, 2023. Mm. I'm running. I did a run. Eddie Burke. No. Hell yeah. Yeah. Blunt he's he's and our diesel. yeah. Blunt and diesel. Yeah. He's boys. our connect. He's yeah. our connect. And and I I was telling him before. I, I want to stay connected to this. Yeah. Uh, as we go into next season and your preparation, mm-hmm. get your ass back in here. Let's chop it up. 
We should go out it. to the kennel and do a little video and yeah, just have a little cool. day would, out would there. Would Aaron and those boys be cool with that? Yeah. Would they be cool if yeah, we came and sure covered some cool. of that? That'd yeah. be awesome. We It'd be really nice to have some of those guys yeah. on and talk to them, too. Do a too. podcast out there at the kennels. Yeah. Get old Blunt on the mic. Mm-hmm. That'd yeah. be kind of like post after moose hunting season. Yeah, yeah. Hear him Yeah. Yeah. Get his howl on one of those buttons over there on the fancy machine. We love that. We love that. Junior on Instagram. Yes, sir. Check him out. Follow him. Follow his thing. He's he's posting all these cool pictures of his dogs and and the races and and living that Alaska lifestyle, mm-hmm. that culture, that something that maybe a lot of us didn't know about, and now you do. And wild style kennels or wild style racing. Yeah. Alaskan wild style racing. Yeah. Alaskan uh, wild style racing. That's the team. That's the crew. That's yep, the that's okay. The team. That's that's Aaron. That's Tony and me. Um, Sketchy yeah. Steve and the boys. Sketchy Steve and the boys. Dude. <laughs> Sketchy Steve. Sketchy Steve. What was, the other, what was the other guy's name? Bob Dover. Bob uh, Dover. That's, that's uh, great. That's my boys with Table 200. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Great dudes there. But, yep. uh, All yeah, right. Man. Great stuff. So yep. the last thing I want to say is you want to be champions, boys? Ooh. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautious. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? Total Truck Accessory Center. Go check them out at 7700 Homer Drive. They're your one-stop shop for canopies, spray-in bed liners, LED light bars, and more. Total Truck. TheTreehouseAK.com. Located at 341 Boniface Parkway. They're your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bartender today what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance. Cutting lawns, but not cutting quality. Hit them up at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58. Handcrafted, Alaskan-made cider. They also got a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out, doubleshovelcider.com. Anchortown Dogs, located across from the 4th Avenue Theater in front of the historical building. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. Get yourself a legit reindeer dog. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans restore their dreams. Voted number one in the state since 1972. Water restoration, fire restoration, remodeling, cleaning, anything that you have to do with your home, inside and outside, give those guys a call or check out tailoredrestoration.com.